0: Uh, this $25 MasterCard gift, gift card from Buying Advocacy.
1: Alexa, generate a random number between 1 and 42.
2: Here's a number between 1 and 42. It's 17.
1: Mr. Door Prize Chair, it is 17. And that is
0: Nancy
3: Johnson.
4: All right.
3: Okey-doke. Our next speaker is Mr. Michael Lang, director of the um, Talking Book Program in Kansas. I'm sure that's not the right title. I apologize. Um, Hopefully, we'll get to talk about the Talking Book Program and a little bit about the e-reader, Braille e-reader. Before I let you have the floor, I must say that the Braille reader has negatively impacted my health because I'd rather read than exercise, and I can't do both at the same time, and it's also impacted my knitting because I can't
5: read and knit at the same time either, so <clears throat> Mr. Lang Hello, everybody. um you have the you have the title pretty close, Michael Lang, director. State Library of Kansas talking book service. Um, I'm on the screen, but Maggie's in the office with me too to help answer questions as they come in. So, I'll let you...
6: hello, it's Maggie. Hi.
5: No. Maggie is here too. Um, I've got a few notes of interest that I can talk about, um, which I will talk about, but I'm here to, we're here to answer questions you have as we go. So, if anybody's got anything to ask, this is a Great forum and a great time to do it. Um, I don't have enough notes to cover the whole time, so we're here to answer your questions as, as they come up. But uh, over the past few years, Maggie and I have updated you on two initiatives, which were continually in the works, and we are happy to report that both of them, our new circulation system and the NLS Braille e-reader, are now active in Kansas, so I'll start with the new circulation stuff. Um, um, as I was saying, um, for our new circulation system, uh, our down customized cartridges through our download-on-demand system, if anybody can think of a better name, we will award you a prize of some sort. Um, but most of you should already be receiving, if you're receiving books through the mail, books on these customized, car- customized cartridges. So. Quick refresher, this new system allows all of our books to be quote unquote, available at all times. Um, The system automatically loads multiple books onto a cartridge. We don't have to wait for new book copies to get mailed to us and processed. We don't have to wait for other library users to return book three of a series while you're sitting there waiting for book two. Our computer system pulls in new titles every night, loads them into the catalog, and makes them available. As So usually, they're available the day after they come up on BARD, as long as we have a record for them. Um, For everybody who's using it, I want to remind you that we can increase or decrease the number of books uh, per cartridge as needed. We can do one book per cartridge. We can try to fit 30 books on a cartridge. We'll continue to update your preferences and your exclusions uh, though, the, because the way your books are selected remains the same, you know, based on your author preferences, your subject preferences. Um, but the difference is you're just going to have a lot more options available to you as far as titles go, but with fewer physical cartridges to deal with. Some people have asked uh, other uh, events I've presented at how, how to return the new cartridges. Um, so th- just a reminder that the cases do have a return address label uh, fixed to the back of them. So once you get the mail card out of there, you set it aside and you can keep it, you can scrapbook it, you can do whatever you want with it um, because the address label is already stuck onto the case. We are still hitting some hurdles when we're trying to circulate our local magazines, but we're getting that ironed out. We continue to record the KABVI newsletter in audio and send it out in cartridge on cartridge. So if you're not subscribed to that and you would like to, please let us know. Um, Additionally, more magazine news. We've recently partnered with Audio Reader to produce field and stream to distribute on our audio cartridge as well. So if you want access to those, if you want to subscribe, get us um, holler at us and we will get you signed up for that. Does anybody have questions about the new system or comments or anything that we need to know? Do
3: you get do you get a list of Um, what we're borrowing from the BARD site directly?
5: That gets loaded. Currently, it gets loaded periodically into our system. It doesn't happen immediately, um, but it does come through and we load it into our circulation system and it will then put the has-hads on your account. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Other questions? There aren't any hands at the moment. Okay. Um, As far as Braille goes, the big exciting news in June, um, Utah State Library contacted us to invite our Braille subscribers and our other patrons to join the Braille e-reader refreshable Braille display pilot. Um, I know. Oh, Kathy, you got a question? Yep. Let's go for uh, it. Okay. Well,
2: um, my question is, I, yep. uh, I, I put my uh, book sometimes on my um, Victor screen or my phone, uh, on more than one device because. Well, I never know what device I'm going to have. But anyway, um, my question is, how come they can't be deleted? I mean, uh, from your previous downloads, aren't I going <clears> to <throat> aren't I going to run out of space sometimes, and and there won't be any more space? <laughs>
6: So your previous downloads, that just is a record of what you've downloaded. It's not actually keeping y- those downloads. Um, okay. So that's just how NLS, they keep track of your downloads. Those are, that's just the listing of them. Um, okay. So there's, there shouldn't ever run out of room for those. Um, if you're on your bookshelf... If you're not deleting books from there, then you might run out of room. But on your previous downloads, there sh- you shouldn't ever run out. And and
2: I'm and I'm really surprised at the lack of, real material that there is. Uh, I understand that most of our population are older and they want talking books, but I was amazed at you know, how how little braille material there is. Uh, I, don't, you know, I don't know where
3: you're looking because I seem to find a lot of braille.
2: Well, there is some, but, I mean, some of the stuff that I read that there's not that much, uh, you know, that I read sometimes. I mean, I, I just kind of, well, when I first started in the, um, Pilot programs, you know, and they were helping me find stuff. You just, you know, and he, and Mr. Harris even remarked that, you know, there wasn't as much Braille material as we thought there would be.
5: I I think you're probably right. <laughs> I I mean, I think we Maggie and I both agree on that. You know, the they. Especially, I think part of it is, and this is a, I don't know, this is a guess, The uh, when they were selecting for press Braille, the cost, you know, I think the cost benefit or the cost analysis was probably way different than producing digital Braille. And so I would hope that it would the production should be able to increase as they're going more and more digital, but they had to make sure people could access that digital before they focused on that would be my assumption. And that's really just me stepping out on the ledge and saying that. Do
2: you you, you anticipate a time, Michael, when we'll be able to listen to our talking book on the A-Lady?
5: Oh, (laughs) uh, When I started, what, five years ago in this position, six years ago, I went to a conference and they were demoing a, a beta version of it. And that's as far as it's gotten. I haven't heard anything about that since I was in Ann Arbor, Michigan, six years ago. So, I mean, I don't say nothing, but I know that voice search and voice command is something that gets brought up from the NLS engineering department, but I don't know where it stands in their timeline of goals, um, other than it's on the on the list.
2: I've noticed I've noticed lately that they've been putting more music uh, things like concerts and stuff like that on the bard site.
5: I have not noticed that either.
2: There's a choir, and I tried to download it, and it said it was a bad download.
5: Well, if you run into that, let us know so that we can alert NLS to the file problem on that.
2: Yeah, it's it's that uh, Harvey something church choir. Uh, it it was Bard about last Thursday.
4: Okay.
2: Um, that it, and I tried to download it because I wanted to hear it and. It
5: said bad download. All right. We'll check it out and see what we can figure out okay. on that. We'll let you know. if Yeah, an I'm going to shut up. I've got all
2: my stuff set.
5: So. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. I got a couple other hands up in the air. Yes, you
7: do. You've got yeah. Michael Byington. He's muted. Michael, you got on mute.
1: There you are. The mute button doesn't seem to always work as fast as I would like it to. <laughs> uh, Michael, it's good to hear your voice again, and thank you so much for all you do. I hope my question will be relevant to a lot of people listening out there. Uh, now, as far as I'm concerned, at one time, I knew how to download books. I was pretty good at it, but over the last years, I'll admit I've gotten lazy because i found a much more efficient way to get the books I want. And that is I say, and I need more books on my card <laughs> and let her take care of all that. Now, just in case there is ever a time when Anne breaks her wrist or we have a fight or something and I need to learn to do that myself. And this would apply to anybody who hasn't uh, uh, downloaded books yet and uh, doesn't remember how or doesn't know how. What is the best and most efficient way to get a primer Well, I forgot how to download or I never knew to understand how to start getting books that way instead of getting them in the mail?
5: Perfect question because we are working on putting that type of information together right now. That's one of the goals for for this year is to make sure that on our website we have a central location for all of that. Uh, Maggie and Dylan are working to create um, documents and tutorials for people to use, to learn how to effectively, now basically beginning guides to Bard on on our website. So that's, Maggie's got more to add to it, I think.
6: Yeah, we are um, gonna do that. We have multiple videos, they're short. Um, We're looking forward to actually um, publishing those well, when Talking Books Week coming yeah. up,
5: so. So I think some of those are going to be out the first week of March, and we're going to try to get all of that type of information organized. Obviously, if you got more questions, you can always call the office and we'll we'll help you out. Um, but we are putting that sort of thing together as we speak.
1: Well, thank you. I think Ann and I will probably manage to get along well enough until March that uh, she'll continue to download for me. But I'm really embarrassed about how, lazy I've gotten with that technology simply because there's somebody I live with who's better at it than I am and I have simply benefited from that but uh, that sort of causes skills to atrophy so I thank you very much I'm glad you're doing that
5: yeah you're welcome and your next
7: hand is Anne Byington
3: bet it's the Michael and Anne show today huh Um, and Kathy Um, I've got some comments one is that As a Braille e-reader user, I think I've read more Braille since June than I have in the past 20 years, probably. I love it. Secondly, um, I don't lack for material. There's a lot of mysteries. And a thing that I think is very fascinating is we access Braille from the Canadian National Institute of the Blind. And I found some authors that I didn't know about because they're Canadian And we also get some books that are written by Australian folks. And what's interesting about that is the the language is a little different, a little bit uh, different. The other thing I would say about Bard and the Talking Books program is recently I've managed to find many, many books that are read by their authors. And like uh, President Obama read his book and Um, what's the gal's name? Um, Her last name is Clark, and she writes about the South Carolina area. I can't think of her. Hope Clark, I think is her name. She reads her own books. And I, I really enjoy the fact that these authors are starting to record their own material because you get their accent, you get their slant, their interpretation of what they wrote, and they know what it's supposed to sound like because they wrote it, and I'm I'm really happy that Talking Books is expanding. I know that maybe puts some other readers out of work, and that's too bad. I also am glad that they're starting to import books from uh, Books on Tape and um, some of the other… Um, the commercial markets. Oh, so national re- commercial recording companies, and… Uh, they, the, the other thing they do that some people don't like, but I do like because I've got a bit of a hearing issue, is there'll be a book that uh, has two main characters, say a, and a female and a male character. And they'll have a male reader read the male part and a female reader read the female part. And I like that. I think that gives the book a little bit more perspective. It gives it a little bit more depth. Um, but a lot of people don't like it. And, you know, you can't please everybody, unfortunately. Um, the the Braille e-reader surveys are starting to come out. I haven't done the last one yet. I haven't gotten it. But, um, and, and I don't seem to have the difficulties that a lot of people do tech with the technology. I've had some battery issues, but I usually leave mine plugged in, so it's not a problem. But... Um, I am so glad that Karen Kenninger and uh, other people pushed this because, like I said, I've read more Braille in the last eight months than I have in the last 20 years, and it's not because I don't like to read Braille, it's because when I was younger, I used to lug those big packed boxes of Braille books back and forth to the mailbox when I was in college, and. I'm really glad I don't have to do that anymore. It's just wonderful. Well, good.
5: Um, I would say, as far as the author's reading, I bet you that's almost probably a direct re- result of those commercial market books coming coming into the collection. Um, however, Representative Sharice Davids did read her children's book at the NLS studio, um, so. It is the audio version of it with her voice is actually the NLS version, the only one that it, that has been recorded by her. So um, she came into the studio and she recorded it and it's available on BARD with her voice, but as well, I think it's also available in Braille. Um, so she wrote a, a children's book. So I think um, I thought that was really cool of her to support the program, Um And then as far as multiple narrators, since you brought it up, we are trying to add that as a sub subject heading. So if people don't like that and they're getting books from us, we can add that as an exclusion onto their accounts. If it's something that they don't want to get, we are doing our best to add that as it becomes apparent that there are more than one narrator on there. So we can try to keep that out of everybody's. Orders if they don't want them. Um, I don't know a whole bunch about the Braille e-reader because Utah is providing the support for it still. What I do know uh, is that if you are not yet on the Braille e-reader program and you are interested, it's going to continue. This pilot project isn't shutting down. um, Any Kansans who... Want to subscribe to Braille? Are able to? Well, we are able to sign you up and get you set up for the Braille e-reader, even after the pilot date is over. So, it will continue as we go. Michael, you got your hand up?
1: Oh, uh, I guess I do. I didn't realize I had put it up. But, uh with all of the uh, stuff that uh, is available nationally. Uh, you all do have a studio there in Emporia, I know, and you have recorded some wonderful uh, Kansas and regional authors uh, from uh, that area. And tomorrow we have a uh, legally blind gentleman named Wes Brummer, who is a, uh, uh, a writer of historical fiction speaking to our convention. And I know that you did a wonderful job in the recording of his first major novel, Dust and Roses. And I just wondered if there is any offings in, uh, in the near future to get his latest release, uh, Starlock Sunflower, also recorded. And also, if you would like to talk about any other uh, Kansas interest or regional interest authors whom you are able to record out of your studio.
5: Um, As far as the new Wes Brummer book, it is on our list. We have kind of limited the number of people coming into the studio to record um, just due to the fact that it's a activity that requires a lot of breathing. And um, so, you know, we don't want people just coming back to back in um, times back to back with each other. Uh, we, we installed some ventilation and stuff, but our recording time has dropped dramatically since March of 2020, 20. whatever year that was. <laughs> um, but his book is on our list, and I am talking right now. I just answered an email from Lori and Nick about ways that we can maybe increase some of the production out of there. Um ways that we could partner to do some things together. So I think that's part of that conversation um, that we are going to continue to have with audio reader about ways we can partner to make more, make more books. Um, What is, I can't remember. I don't even know what projects are going on right now. There's uh, the Michael Graves, the sequel to the Michael Graves first book. Um, that is in production. Uh Michael D. Graves. To Leave a Shadow was the first book. Um, Shadow of Death is the second. And those are both available. And then we are working on All Hallows Shadows. So the third in that mystery series that's set in Wichita. I think at least the first one is. I read the first one. Yeah, I think it's still continued to be set in Wichita. So I know that one is... In progress. Um, we have another true crime one that is almost ready to go. And that is Shadow on the Hill about a murder in Burlington or in Coffee County of some sort. Um, and that one is recorded. It just needs to get marked up and produced. So that will be coming soon. Um, we've been having trouble with the Ability to upload to Bard. So that has kind of slowed us down on a lot of getting these finished up. But Maggie.
6: Uh, Girl in Reverse. Um, it's Kansas City area. It's about 1950s. Um, Korean War. That's right. I think I think so. Like um, and she's it's about her identity crisis. Um, I think. Amanda's working on Kansas Wildflowers and Weeds. A a
5: Field Guide to Wildflowers and Weeds, which Mm -hmm. I think has got a lot of technical writing in there. Um, And we we, we still are producing um, Kansas Magazine and Audio, Kansas Country Living, uh, Keynotes. They've started publishing that again, which is from the North Central Flint Hills Area Agency on Aging, uh, KABVI Newsletter. Field and Stream and the Secret Place uh, Daily Devotional. So we're still doing our magazines. Um, Those are a little easier for staff just to jump in and do as we have free time. Uh, And I think maybe, oh, yes.
3: Where are those magazines advertised?
5: We're trying to, we've got, it. there's a spot on our website where you can find it. We are trying to add uh, insert into all of our new applicants, applications that we send out. Um, it's not the easiest to find, especially since they redesigned our website. So that's something we need to do a better job of. And I try to put it in the newsletter every now and then just to keep it fresh, but it's not the easiest to find. All right. Other questions? I... Wanted to also point out um, that the foreign language collection at the NLS level is growing rapidly um, with the ratification of the Marrakesh Treaty, which allows for the exchange of books in accessible formats across international boundaries. The collection now has over 30 languages, helping us a, you know, better serve the diverse needs of our community but we're also adding books from other countries in English, which I think is what Anne was talking about. So we have, you know, mystery writers from Canada or from Australia. Uh, there's a handful of Doctor Who novels from Canada that have been added wow. recently. Um, NLS is advertising these in an online publication called Foreign Language Quarterly. Um and that is on the NLS website. Uh, There's only two issues of that so far. Um, With the addition of all of those materials, they've made some changes to BARD because of that. So you can designate default search languages in your account settings, or if you don't have a default search language or you have multiple preferred language, there's a drop-down box beside the search bar for you to pick a language if you if you're wanting to do that uh, and that's on the main page there i think that's probably about that about foreign language stuff um, programs we're still doing our our virtual phone book club um, so our Mark your calendars. Our next book club is March 9th. There's going to be one at 10 AM and one at noon. And they're through zoom. Right?
6: It's through zoom. I'll let
5: Maggie talk about it. This is the um, thing.
6: Yeah. Book club runs through zoom. Um, it's easier to do that with we're limited on number of spaces for our phones. So we do zoom. Um, you can call in, you can call us and we can transfer you into the meeting. Um, You can use the link that we send out. You do have to sign up for it. Let us know which time you want. Um, March's book, we're not actually, we're not reading the same book. It's Bring Your Own Book. Uh, We're talking about what books that you've been reading. um, So you can share about it, what you liked, what you didn't. Um, So that was, it's been popular the last two times we've done it. So I'm kind of keeping with that and it's hopefully We'll
5: keep going. So. That's, that's on March 9th. Mm-hmm. Um, the other three, so this is a quarterly book club. June 8th is The Soul of an Octopus by Cy Montgomery, a surprising exploration into the wonders of consciousness. September 9th is The Lincoln Highway by a more Towles towels. Towels. towels or tolls. And December 9th is Gingerbread by Helen Oyeyemi. Yeah, I'm going to guess Oyeyemi. <laughs> um, so those are our book clubs. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to be throwing ourselves our annual Pat on the Back week, um, talking Kansas Talking Books Week, which we made up that runs from March 7th through 11th. We're going to be encouraging people to to, uh, be a reader, download, and try Bard if they aren't already using it, um, as well as pushing out tips and tricks on Bard and, and that kind of stuff. More information on that's going to be coming out in social media and in our newsletter. So if you aren't getting our newsletter and you want to, we can either add you to our email list or we can subscribe you to the audio version to get it sent out on cartridge just contact us and we will get you signed up either one of those ways. One thing that we are planning that is pretty set except for the exact time um, is an ocean, excuse me, open patron forum on Friday, March 11th in the afternoon. Uh, We're just going to basically open up a zoom room and discuss whatever is on everybody's mind. So Um, if you're interested in that, come on in and we can talk about what, whatever comes up between now and then, um, we are happy to basically just have a conversation and see what everybody needs from us. Those are my notes. I, like I said, I didn't have a whole bunch. I was just making sure that if there were questions or comments that we could, open it up to the floor and, and help anybody or address any concerns that anybody had.
3: Are you going to continue to do the art um, contest?
5: I don't know. I, I definitely know it won't be an annual thing oh. at this point. I, at this point, I don't know what we're going to do because our ability to show it yes. was, is still limited um and our ability to show it when we had it was super limited too so i mean i would hope we could do it again in the future but we're just at a point where
6: it's not necessarily a viable right option right at this minute
5: right so
3: other questions? questions
7: No hands right
3: now. Next time I plan a program, I'm going to give people 30 minutes and then I won't spread out of things.
5: <laughs> That's all right. Um, I just didn't know. I didn't know how much, how many questions there were going to be. And, um, you know, I could have, I could have dug in a lot deeper on some stuff, but I wanted to make sure we had time to answer questions as they came up.
3: Got Lots of time. So feel
6: free to talk about whatever you'd like please. to do our other book club or monthly. Oh,
5: we'll
6: talk about uh, that, Maggie. man. I used to do a book club in Manhattan. And, um, unfortunately with COVID, we had to go virtual, which actually has been a pretty great thing that, um, we have, we've opened it up to any patron in Kansas that's in talking book service. Um, So if you're interested in those, let me know, um, and I can get you on my my email list. Um, We do it by Zoom as well. It's monthly. It's the third Tuesday of every month um, at one o'clock. And again, it runs the same way as the quarterly book club. Um, You can call in, you can call me, and I can transfer you in. You can use the Zoom link. Um, Just let me know if you're interested in that. And I can also send you out the book list that we have. Um, next book is Beneath a Scarlet Sky. And that would be uh, February 15th, I believe, is the date on that one. Um, and it'd be at one o'clock. Did I say Tuesday? The first, third, the third Tuesday um, in the month. So, yep. That's, we're really excited to have more people in that one. Cause we have people from Manhattan, Lawrence, uh, occasionally Cherryvale, Hayes. Um, I think there's another city, but I can't remember what it is. So pretty exciting that there's all those places. So,
5: All right. Um, I did, I have this note at the bottom of my page last March, we decided to test the waters by providing a limited number of free annual subscriptions to Bookshare for talking book patrons. Um, and then of course there was nowhere for us to go to talk about it. Like it was hard to get the word out. There are still subscriptions available. Um, if you're a current subscriber, they, I believe they will prorate your subscription costs and get you signed up for a free year. Um, if you're new to Bookshare and want to try it out, give us a call. Um, or if you're if you're a current Bookshare subscriber as well, give us a call. Um, and we can give you, there's two different ways to sign up based on what your Bookshare subscription status is. So we have to give you either a promo code or a special email address to get a hold of Bookshare. Um, I do not know if we'll be renewing that. Uh, pilot or that program or not, but there's still a few months to jump on and get signed up for a free year. So I would encourage anybody who's interested to get a hold of me. Does anybody have questions or concerns about the DOD or have you heard anything about the new circulation system and how it's working for people?
1: enlighten us
5: well the uh multiple book cartridges that are getting loaded i just didn't know if we've heard some you know we get feedback this is just another opportunity for people to tell us if how it's working for them in the field well
3: i got some i think four containers with uh cartridges with multiple books I have to be honest that uh, I haven't listened to them yet because during the evenings I read with the Braille e-reader till I need to go to bed, and then I switch to the cartridges. And um, it's and I guess I need to switch when I'm trying to do exercise stuff too because <laughs> that would <laughs> that would give me the opportunity to read and do that at the same time. Um, I think it's great that you can put books on the cartridge because, well, for one thing, it cuts down on the clutter in my house, which is a good thing. Uh, And I think that we need to put an article in the newsletter, maybe about the new mailing return mailing strategy that you have, because when we first got these books, we were curious as to where the return address was. And it took us a little time to figure out that it's already on the box. Yeah. So you just take the card out and stick the box back in the mail, and that's really very handy. It's a lot less of a hassle than flipping the card over and remembering you now did I turn these cards over or did I not? And so that's a good thing.
7: We do have a hand for you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Julie, you may now speak. Just unmute yourself.
8: Yes, um, I tried to, I, I got a free subscription to Bookshare and I tried to do it several times when I signed up and I never was able to get it to
5: work. The Just Bookshare in general or the getting the free?
8: Getting the free thing. I didn't try Bookshare in general. I just. Okay.
5: Well, ugh. <laughs> just me grumbling about it because i i've had i would there were some communication issues between us and bookshare so that was never okay um if you want to try again i'm i'm happy to help you and try to run interference with bookshare um as a go-between for you okay
8: because i i i think i I signed up to do it last spring and I, and I didn't get back to you that after I had tried several times and I think gotten different codes and yeah. Things. So I just had, okay. I just kind of gave up on it and yeah. I should have probably let you know that.
5: That's uh, all right. Um, Lang at ks.gov. Okay. And we'll see what we can do.
8: All right. L-A-N-G-E or L A N G. L A N G. Okay, thank you. All right.
2: May, I'm interested in the club for Manhattan. Uh And I think I've read that book beneath a, a, um, a,
6: But I'm not sure. Who's it by? Uh, Uh, Sullivan is the last name, I believe. Think of his first name. Um, Matt or Mark? I could be totally off too. <laughs> oh God, I think Michael's going to pull it up here and see.
2: And also, um, could you put me on the list for the book club things? I'd like to get involved in that. Okay. And and also I'd like the, your newsletter and you can email it to me. Okay. And, and also I want to talk about the, Book cartridges, I love them because I have to read everything in order. And I'm working on the Wagons West series now, and I've read the 24 and now I'm on the second set of 10. And um, I like them, and I've got a cartridge here that I'm reading that I'm using too. I'll get three or four books going at once, and because I but um if I get in on the book club on March the 9th if I can remember I've got a book that I just finished by Sandra by Sanji Gupta who read the who did who's on CNN about the pandemic and it's called World War C and it is a wonderful wonderful book okay okay
5: the book uh, uh, is Beneath a Scarlet Sky by Mark Sullivan. Okay. What's it about? Um, it looks like you've had it. You are correct that you've had it. Um, Milan, 1943, teenager Pino Layla
2: yeah. Yeah.
5: Uh, becomes involved in the resistance movement to ferry Jews out of Italy, uh to save them family. Enlist him in the German army.
2: Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to reread it because it's been a while. But uh, but anyway, if you put me and and also for that, did I tell you I want down for that devotional, the secret place?
5: But I can get you on it.
2: Okay. Now I might be shutting up. I (laughs) unless I, of course, you know when you have a. A uh, position come up on that council i would like to be on it because i think i would be good at that
5: we are still looking for people in southwest kansas and southeast kansas oh, well i don't live there i know but i this is a good opportunity so for our advisory council we we have Positions open in Southwest and Southeast Kansas. Um, if anybody's interested, I can send you the actual counties that that means. Um, it's a twice twice a year meeting uh, can be done online or in person, depending on the needs of the individual. And yeah hear what we're doing and you tell us what you think we should do. And that's the basis of the pro- the basis of the group. So, excuse me.
1: All right. Uh, uh, question for you, uh, Michael, and, and this is just kind of a logistical question, but uh, I know when you send out magazines, they obviously have to be returned unlike uh, you know some of the ones that used to come on sound sheet and so on. And I'm just curious with the uh, KABVI news since I've been editing that. Uh, do are people good at getting it back to you after you have sent them one, or do you have people who uh, receive one and they get it? Uh, they sort of keep the cartridge too long and don't get the next.
5: I don't know if i can answer that i'm looking for the right button on my computer here to see if i can find anything about that um with it being so we've the way we've got this set up um to load i think people can have multiple magazine cartridges out at once so at this point they may not have got to a point where by not returning it they're eliminating themselves, but eventually they would get to that point. Yes. Um, But you have, looks like we there's 28 subscribers to it. So that's, oh, there's more than that. Oh, maybe not. But yeah, you've got quite a few subscribers um, and a lot of them, not all of them have got one recently, but um, yeah, it looks like they're keeping up with it pretty good. Most everybody has got the the most recent issue so
1: well that's good that helps us know whether we're uh, putting things in that people are really interested in or not so i appreciate the information maybe
3: yeah. to note that in an article too though that this if you return the cartridge you're more likely to get the next issue yeah. that's a good way list. to
5: say it too so. we're more.
3: Um, We'll we'll try to do that
5: i'll make a note i will too
1: Thank you very much. You're welcome. Really appreciate the partnership on that. Uh, it helps us get the word out to people. And uh, I will mention to talking book readers that don't necessarily join KABVI every year, we would love to have you join. But according to the IRS, we have to make our uh, benefits, such as our newsletter, available to people, whether they face a membership or not. And uh, that's one reason we go through uh, the Talking Books program to... Uh, circulate the KABVI news and it is available to any blind or visually impaired person or not any person who wants to uh, read it and is t- eligible for talking books in the state of Kansas. So by all means, tell other people to subscribe and uh, we really appreciate you helping us out with that.
5: Yeah, our pleasure. It's what we're here to do, helping get information out to everybody so it works really well for us and I'm glad we've got a system with the new system it's also easier for us to get it I mean it's streamlining our process uh, which makes it easier for us to get stuff out to your people too so that's it's been really good
1: thank you so much and I get compliments on uh, your readers that are reading it too uh, apparently they I I don't receive mine back that way but I, I use large print but uh, uh, apparently you've got some good people reading it
5: well, oh, good. What did we miss Maggie? What do you know? I can't
6: think of anything. I mean, I will,
5: I will tell you this, this new circulation system has changed everything. We are, we are in the process of getting rid of all of our books. Uh, <laughs> we are clearing off the shelves. We are sending back over 60,000 books to NLS this year and um, And we'll still have some on the shelf after that, but we are, it's going to be a lot different here in the next two years than it ever has been. (laughs) So it's kind of a scary time when the library starts sending all their books back, but I think it's going to be for the, for the better. And like Kathy saying that she's been reading the wagons West series and how often would it have been that those books were checked out and she would have been stuck in the middle of the series as we're trying to get them back from somebody. So I'm excited to hear that somebody actually finished the Wagons West series <laughs> she without did. getting stuck.
3: She didn't tell uh, you, but, but I've downloaded all those books for her and for me, and I've read them too.
5: Well, good. Oh. But yeah, I, you know, that's a big benefit, hopefully, is that when people are reading a series, they're gonna get them. Um, and you know, it was you NLS's. Know, was doing over a thousand cartridges a year or books a year that they weren't putting on cartridges that they were just putting yeah. on BARD. So people who weren't using BARD were losing access to a thousand titles that they didn't even know existed. Um, so our ability to make sure that everybody had access to the full collection, uh, it's really, really helpful. It's, mm-hmm. it's been really good.
1: I, I think it's also appropriate since people aren't raising their hands and beating the door down here right now to say that as the person who at the moment is the only one spending very much time in the KBBI offices, uh, I have in quite a number of occasions had uh, newly blinded people contact me and say, well, there just doesn't seem to be any services for people in Kansas for blind people. And that's true. If you contact DCF or uh, some of those uh, alphabet agencies and say, what do you have to do with blind people? They go, well, we don't know. We think they discontinued all that, which largely is true. But uh, one of the things that I always do is tell them about audio reader and talking books. And I have uh, been pleased to be able to help people with applications and certify several people for uh, receiving talking books over the last uh, period of time where we're operating at a minimal level at KABVI, but we do still have people contact us in person or by phone, and I want to thank you for how uh, smoothly that process seems to go and how quickly you get those people uh, lined up for services after you receive our applications. You're really doing a great job with that. We appreciate it.
5: Well, good. That's the goal. Make sure uh, (laughs) books in hands. That's the goal. Um, So I think we got a hand up in the air.
2: Could you give me the number of that book uh, that uh, beneath the scarlet sky? Could you give me that, uh, that, um, that um, uh, book number? And also, um, the I got the uh, braille in directions for the uh, e-reader, and the braille either I pressed down too hard or something. Anyway, my braille dots are getting rubbed down, and I'm having a hard time
5: reading it. I can we can holler at Utah to have them send you another copy. We don't have any on hand, <laughs> here, but they've got. Okay. Um, okay. Let me make a note.
3: You, know, you do know, Kathy, that that manual is on the e-reader itself too.
2: Yeah, I know. But I like to read I, oh, I can I that's good.
3: Okay. And
2: I think and I think Ann that that's a good topic for our users group to get started when we get started, because I'm kind of illiterate on some stuff. And I'm that I think that's what's slowing me down from the e-reader, is I just don't know. I just sometimes just can't comprehend. Uh, And I think that'd be a good thing for our users group to get involved with is helping dumb bows like me to be able to use my e-reader.
5: Okay, I'm writing it down. All right, the book number, Kathy? Yeah? Is 90012.
2: 90012. Zero, zero, okay. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. So,
3: thank you, Mr. Lang and, and Michael and, and Maggie. We always appreciate hearing from you. Um, next time, I will give you less time. Maybe, <laughs> I keep on schedule. There, there are
5: two hands up. I don't know if they're up for us or if they're up for other stuff.
3: Oh, okay. Well, okay.
0: This store prize <laughs> is a latch hook. Snowman
3: by Nancy Johnson. Okay, got you. Alexa, give me a number between 1 and 42.
2: Here's a number between 1 and 42. It's 21. 21
0: is
3: Donna Lowe. Okay. Good. Okay. Bob, you want to do the... Are you doing the report or is Julie... Uh, well, you had asked me to. Okay, well, then you can do it then, please. All right.
0: Uh, the nominating committee consisting of Sharna Dole, Julie McCullough, Ann Byington, and myself, Bob Chaffin, are submitting following people for the KB Board of Directors, um, Michael Byington, um, Julie McCullough, Paul Burscheid, and Bob Chaffin. All of these people have been contacted and are willing to serve.
1: It's working up there now. I don't know. Okay, go ahead and unmute. Thank county, you. It's um,
3: uh, before we, well, let's go ahead and um, we're going to let you raise your hands. How many people do we have on this? Uh, on the attendee side right now? Do we know?
7: Yes, we have uh, five.
3: That's really too bad, but okay. Um, we're, do I have to have a motion to accept their report?
4: No, it's no? not necessary.
3: All right. As you may remember, we have, we're, we the IRS requires us to to nominate people on the board, and then we will choose the officers of the organization from the board, and those people will be ratified at our next board meeting. So, um, the first person that you mentioned was Michael, correct? Yes. Okay. So, uh, is there a motion to elect Michael to the board of directors? Somebody has to help with this. I can't do it by myself. So, do I hear a motion to elect Michael by acclamation, which would be raised hands?
1: There he is. Did that yeah. do
3: it?
0: Yeah.
9: Oh, yes. Very good. <laughs> hey, I did something good today. Yes, I, nom- I, I nominate uh,
3: Michael Byington. He's been nominated. You need to move that he be
9: elected by. Oh, oh yes, I I make I move that he be uh, elected uh, by uh, acclamation. Acclamation. I started <laughs> to say arbitration. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
3: all those in favor of electing Michael to the board, raise your hands. Alt Y, or the raise your hand. Um, Place on your iPhone. This is going to take a while, so.
7: Right now, I've got four hands up.
3: I'm not on the computer, but mine is up too. So you have five actually. Uh, well
7: it says three. It says four. Three on the participants and one on the panelist side. She's voting. On the same
6: computer as Michael, I think is what she.
7: Right. Okay, okay. Then we do
3: have five.
1: Yeah, we got her computer working upstairs, but, but she I doesn't want to leave and go upstairs in the middle of the elections.
3: Uh, okay, I guess that's everybody, huh? Uh, All right. Um, Michael's been elected by acclamation.
1: Uh, I, I didn't want to do this during during uh, election for me, but. Point of order, you need to ask for other nominations three times oh, to forgot. really meet I'm Roberts.
3: Okay. There won't be any, but are there other nominations from the floor?
1: Well now you go to the next one now. You've already voted on me. <laughs>
3: okay. The next one is um Julie. Julie McCullough. Okay. She her name's been put in um nomination for a board member position. Are there other nominations from the floor? Are there other nominations from the floor? Are there other nominations from the floor? Help me out, Michael.
1: Um, no hands. Okay. Madam President, I move that nomination cease and that uh, Julie McCullough be elected to the board by acclamation.
3: Okay, is there a, do I need a second?
1: No, I, don't, I don't remember.
3: Okay, I second it. Okay, thank okay. you. <laughs> All those in favor of Julie McCullough, raise your hand, please.
7: Okay, they're going up.
1: And we have two hands up here. And
7: Journey's <laughs> trying to
1: help us. Oh, Journey's trying to vote too, but he I don't know if he's a member. He wants to vote for Julie too. So far
7: there is four. Count two of y'all. Okay.
1: He likes Julie.
7: Five.
3: And then SSB seven. Yeah. Okay. Um congratulations, Julie. You are elected to the board. Um, the next officer, I mean the next board of director position is Paul. Paul Bershite. Yes. Yes. Um, Do I hear a motion to elect Paul by acclamation?
1: How you need to ask. Are
3: there any nominations from the floor? Are there any nominations from the floor? I do know how to do this. I'm just kind of rattled. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Now I need a motion.
1: uh, Madam. President, I move that Paul Bershite be elected by acclamations to the Board of Directions.
3: Um, all people wishing to vote for Paul, please raise your hands. Got two, so
7: we, there you go. They weren't sure. There's two. Uh, hasn't gone any further
0: uh, um, uh, I, I vote for i do not sure I know how getting it done
7: oh, got, we got uh, three up
1: and we count as two right now yeah up.
7: I just saw it was y'all so it's four so far there's four
3: okay
1: oh there vote for himself
3: okay congratulations paul uh bob chaffin is the next nominee to the board do are there any nominations from the floor are there any nominations from the floor are there any nominations from the floor do i hear a motion to close nominations and elect uh, Bob Chaffin by acclamation.
1: So move.
3: Okay. All in favor of Bob Chaffin, please raise your hands. Well, that
7: one went up quick.
1: There we go. Now, I actually hit the mute instead of the hands.
7: Nobody wants that. <laughs> All right. So we have four up so far. Okay. Plus hours. That's, I was counting yours. So four is all you got. I've gotten used to looking down at y'all, see if it's you. Okay, okay. Oh, I've got a five. Yeah, it seems like they up.
3: Okay. Congratulations, Bob. Uh, thank you. Okay, now this is going to get interesting, and I need some help, Michael. Um, from the board of directors, we let our um, membership Vote for officers, and then they're ratified at the next board meeting. Okay. What? Well, do you I think, think you have
7: a raised hand go? to ask a question.
8: Okay.
7: All right. Uh, Harry, you may speak.
5: Henry.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Henry Carolyn, Sorry. Henry, you need to unmute. Henry, if you want to. There you go. You got it.
5: That was a mistake. I didn't uh, intend to raise a hand. I'm sorry.
3: Okay. Okay. okay you're fine. All right,
1: um, what were you saying, Michael? Um, I heard a mess with it. Well, uh, you asked for my help, and I was going to explain our, our okay, process I here. Okay, uh, When we had to redo our 501c3 back during the 1990s, the IRS at that time, and I think this is still the case, but we are bound to the rules that were in place when we redid our 501c3. Uh, said that uh, the membership does not directly elect officers, that they are elected by the board. And they were very adamant that we needed to set our Constitution up that way. We did so. However, it has been our policy for uh, 101 years now that we are a uh, democratic organization, albeit not with a lot of controversy on who wants what now, but uh, the, uh, the decision that we made was that we would take a vote for the officers and that the board would be guided by what the membership says. So uh, you are voting to advise the board as to whom you want for these positions. And then the board simply adopts a motion to ratify the recommendations of the membership That covers us with the IRS, and it also keeps us consistent with the ACB philosophy of uh, making certain that we operate democratically. Again, albeit with not a lot of controversy in this election, because unfortunately, we just don't have people beating down the door wanting these different positions. But uh, that's the reason that we do it this way. Uh, It is something that earlier people who... Uh, were uh, a part of uh, getting 501c3 didn't have to deal with because uh, the I, the IRS didn't uh, implement those rules until the 1990s. But we got caught under them, and so that's the way we do things. Thank so, you.
3: so does the same procedure apply? We have to ask for nominations from Florida. Yes.
1: Uh huh. You're still under Robert's Rules of Order. Okay. So.
3: Well then. Does the nominating committee recommend people that
1: they know are running
0: or uh, I thought
1: you had them do that. That's yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah
0: I've gotten a list of names. Okay, go ahead, Bob. All right. Uh, for President Michael Byington, for vice president, Paul Bershche, for recording secretary, Nancy Johnson, Bob Chaffin for Treasurer. Ann Byington for Corresponding Secretary, Carolyn Thomason for Membership Secretary. Okay,
3: I wish I could do this all at once, but I don't suppose I can
1: I don't think that that's consistent with our constitution.
3: All right. Uh, Michael Byington's been uh, recommended for president. Are there nominations from the floor? Are there any nominations from the floor? Are there any nominations from the floor? Someone move that Michael be elected by acclamation.
0: I move that Michael Byrington be elected president by acclamation.
3: Okay. All those in favor of that, please raise your hand. Raise your hand, Michael, for me. All right. Okay.
7: So far we've got three. Unless Michael's voting for himself, that would be four.
3: All right. I'll give people a second, another second to raise their hand.
6: Yeah, give them a minute.
7: Oh, there goes another one. So we're up to five.
3: Wow. Okay. Congratulations, dear. Well,
1: thank you. You all have my condolences.
3: Okay, for Vice President, Paul Bershaw's name has been put into um, nomination. Are there any nominations from the floor?
1: Two more times. uh, Huh? Two more times.
3: Are there any nominations from the floor? Are there any nominations from the floor?
1: Madam uh, President, I move that uh, Paul Bershite be accepted as vice president by acclamation.
3: All those in favor right, for vice president, please raise your hands. Okay.
7: Two up so far, uh, uh, two more, so we're up to four. Okay. Probably
3: right, right? Apparently.
7: Yeah, I counted y'all for two.
3: Okay,
7: and there's two others, so there's four.
4: Can I hear from the
3: attendees side? Are you having trouble raising your hands or are you just not raising your hands?
7: Well, they would need to raise their hand for you to hear them because
3: i would have to acknowledge them but you said there were five people on the attendee side
7: uh, there's five people on the attendee side two of them have their hand raised okay. there's three that do not
3: are you are you well,
7: now I you know. got a third i mean yeah so now there's three so now there's only two that don't have their hands raised. Let me give them the hand raised gestures. Let me tell them. Okay, so um, to raise your hand from a PC will be Alt-Y. If you're on a Mac, it's Option-Y from the... uh. And then on your phone, it'll be star nine. And if in your if you're doing it from the app, it's gonna be in the middle of your screen. So uh, there goes another one. So now we got four on the attendee side.
3: All right,
1: we're good. All
3: right. Okay, thank you. That was for Paul, right? Yes. Okay. And the next one is
0: Nancy Johnson.
3: Okay. Nancy Johnson for Recording secretary. Are there nominations from the floor? Are there nominations from the floor? Are there nominations from the floor? I move that
0: nomination. Yeah, uh, you
7: do have a hand. Okay. Oh, oh let's see who it is. It's uh, Henry. Henry, you may speak. Just unmute yourself.
5: Well, it's the same story. I didn't really intend to do that. I was trying to remove the hand from being up, and instead it must have went up. Oh, but,
7: yeah, because I had already
9: lowered it for you.
5: <laughs> oh, you lowered
7: it. <laughs> I did. Fun.
9: But it's on the screen, it shows that it was still there. <clears throat> okay. Um,
1: H- Henry's got another member at his place, so you can count his hand when it goes up as two two. If they agree.
3: What yes, is, am I? Here? Uh, did we elect her? Uh, we did, didn't we? I think we did. Okay, congratulations, Nancy.
1: I know, maybe we didn't.
3: Well, yeah, there were five.
1: No, people there were okay.
3: And Julie has
7: her hand up. Would you like to let her? Want to hear? You want to hear from her?
3: Sure.
7: All right. Uh, You may speak, Julie.
8: (laughs) No, I just thought we weren't raising hands yet when Henry had gotten his hand accidentally raised, so I thought we were still waiting to do that. But then I did raise my hand. So. okay. Uh, okay.
1: Thank you. I thought that too. Whatever.
3: I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Bob Chaffin. Is been nominated for treasurer. Are there other nominations from the floor? Are there other nominations from the floor? Are there other nominations from the floor?
1: Madam President, I enthusiastically uh, move that nominations cease and that Bob Chaffin be uh, elected by acclamation as treasurer for the 47,217th time.
3: <laughs> okay, would you all please raise your hands if you want to vote for me? <laughs> and I will vote twice because I'll vote for you. No, so far, we have
7: four uh, on the attendee side. We have three so far. Now we have four. Okay. So, in all right now, there's six.
4: All right. Okay, thank you. Good
3: Sure. That mean, means that Bob gets elected. Congratulations, Bob.
4: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um,
3: okay, the next office is corresponding secretary and I'm running so I can't do the election.
1: All right. The nomination for corresponding secretary is Ann Byington, our past president. And uh, are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? Hearing none, uh, do I hear a motion that nominations cease and that Anne be elected by acclamation? I so move. All right, it's been moved. And I don't believe that requires a second. So we will move to a vote. All those in favor of Anne, uh, please raise your hands.
0: They're flying up.
1: Yep, mine flew up and flew away. How about that? i figured out how to do it. I'm
7: assuming. I'm assuming Anne's voting for herself.
3: Well, I can.
1: (laughs) I will. All
7: right. So far, we've got five.
1: I think that probably does it, given the people who are choosing to participate in the election. All right, and uh, last but most certainly not least. Uh, Carolyn Tomlinson, who is uh, uh, lurking on Henry Stom's computer with him, is our nomination for membership secretary. Uh, She is an incumbent in that position and has ably been doing it. Are there other nominations from the floor? Oops, wait, Ann's supposed to do that.
7: We have a hand. Doing it. You do have a hand. Kathy uh, would like to speak.
2: Go ahead, Kathy. Just
3: unmute yourself.
7: You're getting faster, Kathy. Good
2: job. I had to te- I want, I wanted to tell you that I didn't vote on some on these officers because I couldn't find the raised hand thing. And it was—I finally found it. I had to get out of the 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 uh, Zoom meeting and come back in, and it's terribly hard to find these buttons. So, so I mean, you can put me down for votes, but I just—I was trying to—I was trying to get in to vote, and I couldn't find the buttons. Okay,
3: well, we'll take that into consideration, and thank you. And I'm sorry, it's
7: been so but, um, You do have another hand, uh, Julie. You may unmute. Well. Go ahead, you're unmuted. I,
8: okay, I, I needed to get my speech turned off, because sometimes things talk to me. Um, so on an iPhone or at least on mine, and it may be this way on Kathy's, you have to swipe to the right until you get to the right one. It does not show up. You can't touch it in the middle of the screen. Um, you have to just swipe to the right till you get to it. Okay. Um, so Ooh. that, so when, when it ta- comes time to vote, she just has to swipe to the right and she'll hear the. You know, the different things leave meeting and different things, and then it'll come to raise hand, and then she needs to tap that one twice.
3: Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Have we finished voting on Carolyn? I don't
0: know. No, I don't think so. No.
3: Okay, well, raise your hands if you wish to vote for Carolyn, please. <laughs>
2: Yep, they're going up.
7: So far we have five, three on one side and two on the other. Okay.
2: Uh,
3: Carolyn, I, I have to say that, well, I, I won't say that yet, but I, are we finished? Yeah, I think so. Congratulations, Carolyn. Unfortunately for this organization, When we ask people would they run for an office or board position, the adjective that came after their agreement to do so was the word reluctantly. And um, so hopefully things will get a little better. And next time we have an election, we won't hear that word again. Thank you all. I appreciate your help. We're going, I'm not gonna be president after this meeting. And so I'll be free to work with Carolyn. And uh, I think I'm acquiring the news editorial ship after this edition too. So um, please feel free to help me. If you don't, I'll probably be knocking on your door or calling you on the phone or something. Um, this concludes the election as, as I understand it. That's correct, right, yes. Michael? Correct. Right, okay. Thank you all. Bob, are you ready to do your treasurer's report?
0: Yes, I am.
3: Okay, good. Would you like to do that now, please?
0: All right. Uh, This uh, report is from January 1 through December 31 of 2021. General fund uh, revenue, membership dues, $120. Uh, donations five thousand fifty two dollars and ninety eight cents fundraising two hundred sixty nine dollars and twenty eight cents investment income two thousand one hundred and fifty three dollars and eighty six cents giving total general fund revenue seven thousand five hundred and ninety six dollars and twelve. Cents for general fund expenses, ACB dues four hundred forty-five dollars, copier lease and buyout of the copier five hundred and seventy-five. Excuse me, five hundred and seventy-five dollars and nineteen cents. <clears throat> copier maintenance contract. Insurance, Treasurer's Bond and Liability Insurance, $600. Office Rent, $5,036.81. Office Supplies, $48.78. Phone and internet, $1,573.87. Print news, $802.32. State of Kansas registration fees, $75. Technology committee, uh, $777.80. Total general fund expense, ten thousand two hundred sixty-two dollars and twenty-two cents, and that gave a net on the general fund uh, on twelve thirty-one of a negative two thousand six hundred sixty-six dollars and ten cents. The scholarship account during last year received a uh, designated donation of $2,222.69, leaving a balance in the scholarship account of $8,999.77. KABVI assets on December 31, the general fund checking had $5,364. Uh, PIMCO total return uh, bond was $43,333.68. Templeton bond fund had 19000 $536.80. The Columbia Bond Fund had $20,519.26. Uh, office equipment, $1,500, leaving total assets on December 31st of 90000 The scholarship funds are being held in the general fund checking and as reported above, uh, the amount in that account currently is $8,999.77. Still maintaining a youth activities account within the general fund of $3,218.65. And um, the guide dog users uh, has $655.97 that we are holding for them. Any questions?
1: Thank you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some of you may have noticed that again this year, we had a uh, negative balance in terms of our fundraising as opposed to (laughs) our expenditures. And we have had that for quite a few years in the recent past, that is a concern obviously. And I did want to mention that uh, at the direction of the board of directors in my previous role uh, as corresponding secretary, Uh, Why I was directed to correspond with our uh, landlords, uh, which is a corporation called Gray Horse Farms. They're part of uh, Paul Property Management and ask if they had uh, cheaper accommodations that uh, we could uh, rent. We don't want to give up our uh, offices that we uh, maintain in downtown Topeka we do get some additional uh, recognition and notice because we have an office and it gives us a place to keep the uh, Braille Adult Library that we took over from the Kansas Kansas Rehabilitation Center for the Blind and Visually Impaired when uh, that uh, facility closed and we took the uh, majority of the things that they had uh, in terms of library and uh, information resources. So we'd like to keep uh, an office if we could, but we're the first, I would be the first to admit it's the ones down there the most that we're not using uh, the conference room or some of the offices that we have very much because of the pandemic. And there's certainly some question as to whether we'll ever regain the amount of activities that we had going on down there before uh, the pandemic started. So uh, I have corresponded with the, landlord, I do know there are some smaller empty office suites in the building, and I have inquired about them. Uh, I'm awaiting that response, and so I thought for people who were concerned about uh, the negatives, I would talk just a little bit about the things that we're trying to do to lower that uh, negative expenditure situation that we've had for a number of years. Uh, We also are uh, attempting to again, possibly change internet and telephone providers to get a less expensive deal. We switched from AT&T to Cox and it saved us money for a while, but uh, that's been nudged back up and the service really hasn't been very good from Cox. So, uh, which is one of the reasons that we're running the convention from our home. We actually have better internet from Cox at home than we do at the office, even though we're paying more at the office. So, uh, we are attempting to uh, look at other providers again uh, to deal with that. And if we can uh, make some inroads in those areas, we should be at break even again soon. And I just thought maybe that would be helpful to anyone who wondered about the negative bottom line. Did I leave anything out of that, Bob?
0: No, I don't believe you did. Um. You know, one one of the expenses that has gone away was was that copier lease, which was five hundred and seventy-five dollars. We own the copier now, so are no longer making any lease or any kind of payments on it. Outside of the copier maintenance contract, that's a different different animal. That's that's to uh,
1: keep it running. Well,
0: yeah, keep it running.
1: Yeah. Right. Thank you very much. Uh, Ann's gone upstairs. I think she's back up at at her uh, computer, but she is uh, muted. So uh, I I don't know whether she's dumped this in my lap since I got elected president or not. I hope not, because I thought she was going to run the rest of the meeting. But uh, uh, I see that Vince uh, is here. Do you have to
0: vote on that Treasurer's report or not?
1: I have I've checked just, with Roberts recently on that. We have done that as a tradition, but I don't think we actually have to, according to Roberts.
3: Okay. That's fine. I think I'm unmuted now.
1: There you are.
3: Um, thank you, Bob. And You're welcome. What, is Vince here yet?
1: Yes, he is.
10: Yes, I'm here,
1: and Oh, good, Vince. Good
3: to see you. Good yeah. to hear you. Good to hear um, you, too. We'll go ahead and, and turn the meeting over to you. You can talk as long as you want until four or whatever, twenty-five or so. And um, you can do screen sharing, that's correct, isn't it, uh Allison?
2: Yes. Uh well I haven't checked to see if it's enabled, but I'm I'm pretty sure it is.
10: Okay. Cool. Well we can do that if 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 it's time I can can start okay. babbling.
3: And Vince. Sanfroni from
10: Nanopack. I think I said your name right. That's pretty good. And it's, uh, it's, it's the correct way, but we say, we say more frequently Sanfroni, but yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um, So thank you. Uh, And uh, thanks for inviting me again. It's great to, to be with you all. What's the, uh, the rules here? Do we take questions as we go or? You You can do it however you'd like. Well, I'm glad to, to answer or uh, change topic or anything as, as we're chatting along here. Um, my, my intent was, um, my, my tentative intent, intent was to, to talk a little bit about NanoPack for, for anyone who didn't know, know us um, and then maybe speak about uh, some of the, the product features or, or products we've had that are either new or we've had the most questions about over the last year um and then just chat in general again about some of our services so um that sounds great okay super well i'll do so um i am calling in from from nanopack in in tulsa oklahoma we are uh, headquartered here we've been here um since around 1987 and uh Specifically, are are really assistive technology distributors. We we provide the majority of uh, products that are are considered you know higher tech, I guess, um, assistive technology for folks with with vision impairment um, primarily. But we also do a number of products for uh, orthopedic or mobility impairment, as well as some some reading and learning issues like dyslexia. Um, we, we cover Kansas, certainly, and uh, another seven or eight states in this region. Uh, we, we do so by, by headquarters here. We staff a number of people for, for back office support, for technical support, uh, for managing inventory and getting things shipped in and out. Um, and then we have staff on the ground uh, in various states that are usually work out of their home. Uh, but are are traveling you know throughout the state as as individuals who are are there to educate folks about technology. Let you demo it. Let you kick the tires. Um, certainly be there to help deliver it if there's training or support needed. They're available for that. But but we keep the lights on from sales. Uh, we're a private business and we um, uh, you know the revenue is is what keeps us afloat. So we certainly appreciate you know the business we've received from, from folks in Kansas over the many years. It's, it's greatly appreciated. We, we enjoy our relationship with y'all. Um, we have, uh, a, a specific rep who covers Kansas named Amy Wagner. She's in the Prairie village area. And, um, I'll chat about her a little bit later, but as, as we talk about some products and, and and what we have and what we do, um, you know she's she's available to you all. Should you have a need for for help, for support, for for getting to look at some of these products, she especially specializes in our our uh, magnification products. Um, that's that's really her strong suit. Uh, I travel that way quite a bit for for Braille. Uh, and some of the speech products so between the two of us we feel like we've got really good coverage in the state and uh hope to be able to meet you know any of your needs related to these kind of technologies um so having said that let's uh let's talk about you know some of the products and some of the the questions that we've had over the year um probably the easiest place to start would be with software uh nanopack is a uh, like I had said, we're a distributor of, of of certainly the the major AT products in our marketplace, and and for software for, for blindness and low vision software, our our screen readers and, and screen magnification tools um, of those products, we we certainly do a ton of the the products from Freedom Scientific, so the JAWS for Windows screen reader, Zoom Text, you know, screen magnification, that program and then also the the merge of those two or the suite of those two products fusion and just if if someone's not familiar with what that is um i'm sure we know what jaws is it's you know it's the screen reader for someone who would be using not really the screen but wanting access to the screen uh, with speech or with braille from a braille display zoom text is our screen magnification tool for someone who's would be leveraging magnification and some some changes in color scheme Uh, some complimentary speech. But Fusion is a pairing of the two. Um, So it's really both products. When you install Fusion on a computer, you have the ability to and a shortcut to start only JAWS or the same to start only ZoomText Um, or a way to start Fusion, which is both of those products running at the same time, you know, interfaced with each other. Uh, so the the question that always comes up as people are looking at this is why, you know, wh- what are the reason reasons for me wanting to have software like that? And it depends on who you are. Um, certainly someone who is uh, totally blind, let's say, uh, would not have any value in the magnification component of fusion. So they really wouldn't want to be a fusion user. And I suppose someone who was uh a low vision magnification user who was completely hard of hearing wouldn't have any value in the JAWS component uh, unless they were braille literate. So I guess that doesn't, doesn't quite add up. But the places that we do see use uh, of these are, say, a um, AT trainer. So someone who might train other individuals in assistive technology, and they have a need for both products, maybe not for their personal use, but so that they're able to learn about the products and then when they go work with individuals work with them on those those solutions Uh, somewhere like a training center a college campus they're they're equipping their their laboratories their computer labs Uh, uh, any kind of clinic or uh, other campus uh, would be somewhere a library anywhere we've got a population of, of individuals who may need either of those programs Fusion's a great solution and that it's it's easily managed because it's a single serial number, it's a single product. Um, certainly, there's a little bit of discounting compared to buying the two products separately. Um, so it's just a, a nice way to have a very all-inclusive type of product. Um, there's also you know individual users who may use this software. Say, for instance, um, if I am classically a JAWS user, maybe I – could get away with 14 X and zoom text on a computer, but that's just not productive for me. And I choose to run with speech and the keyboard only. Um, But every once in a while I encounter that nasty captcha that is asking me to either listen to or look at some, some complicated characters together or maybe moving through a, a document that is asking me to refer to figure 11.4, which it could be a chart or graph, it might be nice at that point to hammer up the magnification and to visually interrogate those items, albeit slower than what may be my normal productivity. It is access there. So that's a place we see that used. In other places, we have individuals who, who fatigue over the day. And maybe I use Zoom Text, the Zoom Text component, in the morning to get through more visually oriented tasks, and then and a JAWS user in the afternoon. So there, there's definitely folks other than just these evaluation sites or, or, or multi-user sites that use that software. Um, but it's been a nice product, and we've seen we've seen a, a good amount of it out there in the field. Uh, but having said that. Uh, Zoom Text, Jaws Fusion. They they release a new version every year, and they release at the same time. So uh, this most recent release of all three of those products, uh, what they're calling version twenty twenty two, happened sometime I think early November last year. Is typically when it happens, um, the year before the year date. And uh, yeah, they release at the same time. They're tested at the same time, so we know we've got good compatibility with them. Uh, And so that is is certainly the the product offering that we're dealing with the most or we're getting some of the most questions throughout the year to our support folks. And uh, I'd like to to start, you know, actually showing or talking about those products with a couple of the features in there that that we've been getting questions about. So this would be a good point to try to share my screen. And that looks like that's just working fantastically.
2: Good. And I can sure. stop your screen share when you're done if you'd like for me to,
9: Ben. Okay,
10: thank you. You're welcome. Let's close a little bit of the Zoom stuff here. Get to, I have to... this keyboard. Okay, so what I want to mention first is something about Zoom Tech. So the feature that I wanted to bring up is something that actually wasn't released in this last release, but we've had a lot of questions about it over the year because it's from the 2021 release. It's a, it's a, a toolbar that they've added to zoom text. that's always on top uh, called the quick access bar, I believe. And so normally let's say that I'm in, which I am in now on the screen in just Google Chrome. And I was uh, typing in search term like elephant and have some results for elephants on my screen. Um, if I decided that I prefer, let's say, black background instead of white print, which is presenting as white print now, with white background with black print now, and I prefer to have speech on when I'm in uh, Chrome or in Google results. Normally, if I don't already, I have to, and if I'm, I should Preface this by saying, you know, if I'm not using the keyboard shortcuts, which are, which are certainly faster, but not everyone remembers every one of the keyboard shortcuts that are available. We have a number of folks that are wanting to sit back and comfortably use their mouse only, which is understandable. So I would have to bring my mouse down to the bottom of the screen, pop up the zoom text window, then regular Zoom text user interface, which comes up with some magnifier controls where I can tap a color button to turn that black background on. Now I believe that visually you won't see the black background across the Zoom interface and that's okay. But I w- may also want to go to the reader tab, which is a reader page in this Zoom text window that I've had to bring up on the screen, the equivalent of all tabbing to it. Click on a little picture of a face to turn on speech voice enabled And I may also like the mouse echo, which is a tool where as I move my mouse over print that I want to have read on the screen, it echoes it back. So I may want to turn that on.
4: Mouse, mouse echo set to hover mode.
10: Set to hover mode, and then minimize this window. Minimize. And make my way back to Chrome.
4: Elephants are the largest land mammals on Earth and have distinctly massive bodies, large
10: and move my mouse across print as I'm having it read or very, you know, there's other ways certainly to have this spoken. But, you know, and then maybe I decide I don't want that. Well, I've got to go back down to the taskbar, bring up the Zoom window interface, access those same buttons again,
4: turn off my mouse,
10: echo, turn off my speech, turn off my color contrast, all of that, minimize again, and then I'm back to using my computer. So that's fine. Um, but slow. And if I don't know the keystrokes, what they've added is something called a quick access bar. So this is a bar that's narrow. It's a vertical bar that I can move around the screen that's always on top that stays out of the way, essentially. Um, And it has some default shortcuts on board. So it just has some very simple icons that I can click. There's a picture of a face. Voice disabled. Voice Enable. Quickly enable and disable the voice and maintain, you know, being within the application that I'm in. I can turn my mouse echo on mouse quickly.
4: Echo Elephants are the largest land mammals on Earth and have distinctly massive ears and long trunks. They use their trunks to pick up objects.
10: Turn on my color or any of those features all very quickly with that quick access bar. Um That has been something that we've had a lot of folks using. It's been a a, a nice little tool and it's customizable. So at the bottom of this vertical bar that has a number of default icons on it, like increasing and decreasing magnification are at the top with a big plus and minus. There's a, a speaking face for turning the speak on and off. There's a picture of a rabbit and a turtle for increasing and decreasing speech rate. You know, my, my color change, the mouse echo, and some others. But at the bottom, there is uh, like an opening symbol, a greater than type symbol, uh, uh, an arrow. And if I press that,
4: shortcut names.
10: it expands that that access bar. And it gives me those same icons, but it has the names of them. What's more important here is I, I don't think as many people use this because it, it, it becomes a much wider bar. It's more intrusive over my windows environment. But the reason that we do open that is that it reveals a customization button. And so that button is uh, there for Two. one, when I click it, it brings up a list of the shortcuts that are on the page. So I can choose right here to say, well, I don't want the voice assistant, which is one of the items in the list. There's an X I can turn that off with, remove it. Remove, mouse handle. And say that I wanted to then go to.
4: Customize view
10: and add shortcut button search and it gives me a search box so i can go for what i'm looking for so if i'm looking for my add shortcut oh uh zoom text feature i might want to turn on i'm drawing a blank on a good feature let's see what would i like to do here maybe the app reader a p p there's the app reader reader. i can add that as an item to to my shortcut bar and then Click OK. okay. And Short I've got an here. added item then to my shortcut, Show shortcut bar, names. Which, is, which is a nice thing. So that's been a neat little tool. Um, one of the other things that we've had a lot of questions about also relate to the quick access bar. And it's just, we get folks that do not like things that are new, like the quick access bar. And by default, it comes up uh, when you install Zoom Text or the newer version. The 2021 or the 2022 version. And so, one big question we've had this year is how do we get rid of that access bar? And so, that same bottom opening, greater than, so show shortcuts, names, item.
4: Find shortcut names.
10: We open that up and go to that customization item that we're using to switch uh, to add some of the shortcuts on the quick access bar. Add shortcut there is a preferences button on this same page.
4: Customize view. Automatically underscore dock to screen corner, check.
10: And that gives me two radio buttons. One is automatically dock to screen corner, corner, which is the default setting. And then there's also an
4: Automatically underscore hide.
10: Automatically hide radio button. So if you check that automatically hide radio button and you click okay, uh, that is how we get rid of the quick access bar if it's something that is new, but Zoom not X-Mac good for you. So that is that is what that process is for. While, while I'm here, I was just thinking, you know, another thing that we do have uh, some questions about in uh, Zoom Tech, specifically as it relates to Chrome, is our individuals that are using this color, color. enhancement toggling on color enhancements and one of the default modes is a reverse video mode Uh, in, in windows, we have, uh, you know, these windows schemes that are part of the ease of access center, the high contrast schemes where I can turn, you know, if I so choose to have a lot of darker backgrounds, brighter text, I can do that within windows with a high contrast scheme and produce a very, you know, white on black background type effect. Chrome, Google Chrome, which we certainly have tons and tons more people using daily because of the accessibility to it, does not seem to support that change. So even though we may set the uh, background to black on, on everywhere else in Windows, Chrome remains white. And so Zoom Text does not have that problem. It is able to, you know, reverse that video everywhere. The one thing that you do run into, though, is, and 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 this will not likely be visible across, likely be visible across Zoom.
4: Zoom text magnifier slash reader.
10: But when I switch to those color enhancements on in Zoom Text in Chrome, I have a black background now for on my end. I don't think you all do, but. I had some pictures of some elephants over on the side of my Google results. And my elephants have turned to looking like negatives, like film negatives. They're very odd colored, very difficult for me to understand really what they are, get me clarity. There's a tool that's in Chrome. It's part, you can go download it as an extension for Chrome, uh, which clearly I have off because my elephants are looking terrible right now. Let me extensions. go to the extensions item on the Chrome toolbar extensions. and go to
4: manage extensions.
10: manage extensions here.
4: Chrome slash slash extensions, Google Zoom Text Smart Invert.
10: There is an extension which I have found and, and added into my Chrome called Zoom Text Smart Invert. And what that does is, is, when someone is using Zoom Text to have a black background throughout or a darker background throughout or really any inversion, scheme throughout their windows which includes chrome smart invert tells zoom text not to mess with the pictures leave the pictures normal and i can turn that on with a little toggle button Extension here enable.
4: Extension
10: e- enable, enable it and my zoom controls are covering let's control f4 and that takes me back to Chrome, my pictures of my elephants, and now on my end, I still have the black background, but they're looking great again. They're back to being you know blue skies and gray elephants and green grass, and so um, that's a really nice feature that is a, a component of Chrome for our Chrome users who are also using uh, Zoom Text and the inverted color modes. It's called Zoom Text Smart Invert. Um, one other thing in Zoom Text that is a good feature that's been around, but uh, we certainly have some questions about. Let's let me get my Zoom Text back up here. Zoom Text And I'm going to cool. turn my color off, and I'm going to turn check. my voice off. Voice disabled. And I'm going to turn my mouse echo off, which I've done. Those are my normal settings for zoom text on my computer. That's the default setting. That's how it comes up. It comes up as, um, one X without any of that turned on, which is actually pretty boring as zoom text goes. Um, but from a demonstration standpoint, it allows me to add just a single feature into show. Uh, but let's say that, you know, I use Chrome a lot and I use PowerPoint a lot. And when I'm in Chrome, I wish to have, uh, my mouse echo enabled so I can move my mouse around and hear things. I wanna have my speech enabled so that actually works. And I'd like to have that reverse color background on, but I sure don't want that on when I'm in PowerPoint or maybe anywhere else. So let's load PowerPoint here. Windows key PowerPoint, enter. And just to open a presentation, they've got a default presentation here on bringing presentations to life. So I've got PowerPoint up now where I don't want speech, which is my default setting and that's great. So I won't have to worry about that. But if I alt tab or move back to Chrome, no speech here. What I could do is start hammering the buttons on my quick access bar, which is a lot easier than bringing up my Zoom text window. Uh, but there's another feature where you have uh, what are called application settings in Zoom text. So I can choose to say to Zoom text that when I'm in Chrome, I would like to have my speech on and my mouse echo on and my colors inverted. but when I'm out of Chrome, go back to my default. This is a great productivity improvement. The way that we go about doing it is... First, I get to the application that I want to make changes to or application specific changes to. So I'm in, in Chrome right now. I'm going to bring up my Zoom text user interface. I'm going to go and change these settings. So I want my speech on. Voice enabled. I want my mouse echo on.
4: Mouse. Mouse echo set to hover mode.
10: I might change my
4: color. magnifier. Color check. C- color. Color enhancements disabled.
10: Color enhancements changed once i have it set the way i like it
4: elevate google
10: search here i am back in chrome and happy with it bring up zoom the zoom text, text, text window and go to the text. zoom text menu on the ribbon
4: zoom text menu
10: and come down that menu to application settings
4: disable zoom text help and learning configurations application
10: settings and within that sub menu,
4: save application settings.
10: Choose save application settings. So the Zoom Text, then application settings, then save application settings.
4: Save application settings. Save application settings for Chrome. Yes.
10: And so here it is asking me specifically, do you want to save this for Chrome? Which I do.
4: Zoom Text Magnifier Slash
10: Reader. And then I go back into Chrome. Elephant
4: Google Search Google Chrome.
10: And here I am it's in Chrome. I'm moving my mouse around. I've got speech on. I've got my mouse echo. But if I Alt-Tab now back to PowerPoint, or if I come down to the taskbar and click it.
4: Zoom text Mega, bring your presentation, bring your presentation.
10: My speech goes away. My mouse second goes away. My color change goes away, which is exactly what I wanted. And so Alt-Tab or click my way back to Chrome. And here comes my speech. <laughs>
4: Bring your presentations.
10: There it goes. Bring your. Uh, okay, there we are. I got it. Okay. That so, the largest very good. Emails, huh? Okay, so there comes my speech back and my other enhancements back, my mouse echo back. So, uh, very neat feature there. If you are using that and mess it up royally, you can just go back to the Zoom text window. On drugs.
4: Zoom text menu. In the Zoom
10: Text menu, back to application settings, application settings and in that sub menu, you'll find settings. save application settings, which we use the first time. But below it, manage application settings. Manage application settings. Enter. Okay. And I have uh, the choice to. This will list. I'll have a list box
4: Cancel.
10: with all of the different application settings apps. So if I have application setting for Chrome and Outlook and Word. Chrome checked they'll be in this list. The only thing I have is Chrome, it's checked. I can uncheck it or check it to enable or disable it if I would choose, or
4: Enable all, disable all.
10: As I tab here. Delete selected. I can just delete the selected item, which is Chrome.
4: Zoom text application settings, delete application settings for Chrome. Yes. Yes, manage application settings.
10: And then I'm out of there. So I've gotten rid of that if I didn't like that or I had really messed it up. So that's removable. All right, cool. So that is um, some of the things that we've definitely had questions about, about Zoom Text and some of the, the nicer features, albeit they're not all new, uh, that we've been using with folks as of late. Let's do, uh, let me say something quickly about uh, JAWS. Um, I'm going to close Zoom Text here. Unless we have any questions about it, I need to show something. Okay, I don't think so, I'm gonna close that. Um, the other thing that at least one of the features we've really had a lot of calls about, done a lot of support for, and uh, I think it's a really cool feature uh, in JAWS is this uh, sound splitter, if you guys haven't heard about this. So, so what this does is, uh, as I'm listening to my computer with headphones, with you know, stereo speakers, um, and potentially and as of late more frequently surely been in a zoom meeting or in a team's meeting or just listening to music or something else while i have jaws up and running by default we're hearing jaws and all of the other window sounds and music and meetings and whatnot through the same set of speakers in stereo what the sound splitter does is it's a tool that allows you to move the JAWS voice to just one of your speakers or one side of your headphones and have everything else in the other. So it's a really nice way to be able to focus between the two. Um, It's really easy to do. It's very impossible to demonstrate because, you know, this comes over as as mono to you all, but um, I can at least, we can at least hear you know, where the settings change. So if I start up Jaws here, I'm just going to do a Windows R Jaws 2022, enter. Jaws, and I think you all can probably hear my computer talking in the background.
3: Yes.
10: Okay. So here, are those those keystrokes are it's those layered keystrokes. So I'm going to do an insert space, space. do the letter V like volume. And then B like balance. B, balance. And then at this point, I have the choice to press a left arrow, a right arrow, or an up arrow. Left arrow moves jaws to my left speaker; everything else to the right. Right arrow does the opposite of that, and up arrow rebalances me back to normal. So we'll hear if I hit left arrow here. Jaws is routed to the left. Jaws is routed to the left. Insert space VB like Victor Bravo volume balance. V, v balance right arrow jaws is, running to the right. jaws is coming out of my right speaker now meetings coming out of the left speaker and just to revert back to where we were originally before this ever happened Insert space, enter space. V, v balance. vb up arrow balance has been restored for very nice balance has been restored so that's been a cool product that's been a cool feature um i think something that was definitely brought on by our all of our remoteness these days. Uh, Let me get JAWS off here. Okay, very good. All right, I'm going to stop this screen sharing here. I think that's about all I have to say about software. Please, if you have any software questions at any time, I'd be glad to revisit those or computer questions or Windows 11 questions or anything of the sort. Okay, next, let me just talk about, show a couple uh, of the newer video kind of portable slash transportable video magnifiers we've gotten uh, this year. Uh, I'm going to turn my video on and switch to a little camera pointing to a table next to me here. Okay, very good. And so... What I want to, let me see if I can get my mic pointing towards me more. Okay. What I want to talk about first is uh, a new product in the Ruby line. So you know, Ruby video magnifiers, they're from Freedom Scientific, um, have been around for a long time. They're, they're definitely a, po- a popular handheld. Um, and they have you know a little 4.3-inch screen with a foldable handle for doing video magnification, a little camera that's presenting you know, text and images on that little screen. A five-inch screen that flips open, like stands up like a little tiny monitor on your desk so that you don't have to lean over if you're reading paperwork on a table or a desk. A seven-inch version of the same where I've got a little screen, seven-inch screen that's giving me, you know, a larger area to view print, something that becomes a little, of course, less and less portable as they get bigger. But what we have today is the Ruby 10 so this is the 10 inch version of, of those items. and it has some neat, newer features. Um, it is a 10- inch screen, flat 10- inch screen, you know, basically a panel. It has three buttons on the left, three buttons on the right. The uh, buttons on the right uh, are on the face, not on the side. And I've got a, a home button on the right at the top, and then a plus and minus for zooming in and out. And on the left side, there's a color mode button for changing my color modes, uh, a line marker button, and then a p- button to take a picture. Uh, let me power this on. There's a power button around the left side. This has got a, a you know, built-in battery, uh, charges with the USB-C cable, which is nice because they go in both ways. But this does the same thing that the other Ruby's doing, that I can hold it up and do magnification just without anything else. Or I can flip out a little stand on the back. When I flip out the little stand, I can set it on my desk or table. And when I do so, it sits it up straight, more like a computer monitor, but leaned back slightly. So it's real comfortable reading angle if I'm sitting in front of this product. and then this has got a lot of the things that all of our video magnifiers have. I can zoom this print up and down. I've got different color modes. Right now we're looking at true color. I'm putting some black and white print underneath this right now. But if I put my hand under, I can see the color of my hand. I change these video modes to, you know, a black and white, a very enhanced white on black. Black on white, enhance some other false colors, and you have control over all of these, like we do with anything. Any of these video magnifiers. So all of that's not necessarily super unique. This does have buttons for control, but it also has it's a touch screen, so I can pinch to zoom you know, here on the screen, which I'm doing. But I move this not, this product across, actually physically move it left and right across my print that's sitting below it at this point. And that's typical of these type of video magnifiers. I'm having to move what's below. I'm actually, I should say move what's below. I'm moving my device over the top of my print, left and right, because it's not all showing at once. I'm magnified to the point where I maybe have a third of the width of the page at one time. And this will zoom way up. All right, so again, that's all pretty common. What's really neat about this product is that along the top edge of the screen, up above the screen essentially, and kind of built in to the top edge of the screen is an arm. There's an arm that runs the entire width of the screen that's hidden in the case. It's jointed over on the right side and I can pull the left side up and it rotates almost like a clock hand around the corner of the right side. So it's basically at nine o'clock until I pull it up and it comes up in the air over the top of the device and past perfectly pointing towards the ceiling and comes back down to what I might call sticking out the right side of the device at about like one o'clock or so in that arm is a little third camera. So I have the camera when I'm usually just holding this. I have a camera for when it's set up like a little monitor stand and then I have a camera in this arm as well. When I bring that arm up, that camera is held. I've got a ruler here. That camera is held about, I don't think, is this all centimeters? No, there we go. Oh, it's about a foot in the air. So it held about a foot in the air, which is above now. I put my document below it essentially off to the right side of this Ruby 10, it's given me a full page view, so I can see the entire page at this point. Granted, it's actually smaller on the screen than what it is normally, but this allows me to do a couple things. I can zoom this up, and it's a very handy way of using this to write. So if I have to fill out a form, I don't have to hold my video magnifier kind of up above my pen and move it as I go. I don't have to try and reach back behind where the camera is. This makes for a very nice you know, way to fill out a form with a document, the stand that's up in the air and the screen that's off to the side of the actual letter that I'm looking at here. So it's nice for that. The other thing that's neat is I can get a full page snapshot of this. So the snapshot button that's over on the left side at the bottom, I pressed that and it's, we could hear that and made kind of a snapshot sound and the document is now saved on the screen now the cool thing here is i can close the arm fold up the stand and take this document and just manually zoom in by pinching and zooming on the screen and i can drag my finger left and right to pan left and right with this so what's, what's nice about being able to have this snapshot and interrogate it is that when one of the complaints we get about video magnification is, especially with bigger screens, is I've got to go to my video magnifier. I can't use it in my recliner, for instance. Well, we have folks using the solution, reading a book or a magazine. They'll have a little table next to the recliner like everyone does, snapshot a picture of a page, then sit back, magnify it up, and zoom around this full page. Cool. So kind of a neat feature there. The other thing that's neat about this, and I did get a full page here, is that I can tap on the screen and get some additional controls here. One of which is a play button, which I can tap and then it's saying recognition in progress on the screen right now. It's doing OCR.
4: James Monterey, 35 Runner Road.
10: Nevada. It's reading through my document. Now, you know, basically com- you're doing an OCR and text-to-speech here. If I don't want to hear the beginning of this, I can pan with the screen, with my finger, pan down to the beginning of my letter, press and hold on the first character, and have it start have reading the part impressed. that I'm interested in, like tap play. again to pause, and move back through the document. So. It's combining that OCR capability as well. There's a version of this that comes, you know, what they call Ruby 10. And then there's Ruby 10 and there's Ruby 10 with speech. This is obviously the with speech version. So the OCR capability, the text to speech is only available in the with speech version. The without speech version still has the arm and you can still snapshot the image and you can still magnify it and zoom around and save it and all of that business, um, but that's pretty much, you know, it doesn't do any of the talking component. Now there is a home button that I mentioned originally over on the right side, that home button just takes me out of this OCR, closes that, takes me back to my live view. A couple other things about this that, you know, a a lot of times we see the same old thing. Okay, look, this is just one inch bigger. This is now in a red case instead of a blue case. You know. They do have some other really unique features in this that we haven't seen for video magnification at all or much. And I can tap the screen here and go into a menu. There's a menu icon that comes up. I'm just gonna go into some of the visual settings. So there's a couple icons here to control settings and Bluetooth, because this will Bluetooth speakers out. and It'll do Miracast, so if I want to broadcast what I'm looking at to a big screen TV, I can do that. But if I'm going into the settings menu, and under the visual settings, appearance settings, there are uh, some visual display settings. One is a light sensitivity filter. This is on by default. It's something that they have built in that tones down some of the, the bright wave, light wavelengths that cause eye fatigue. So, this is a setting that you can turn on and off, but it's something that they have built in by default that helps folks use these products longer without fatiguing. Um, there's also, interestingly, I think, a color blindness filter. And so I can tap that color blindness filter, and it brings up uh, a couple different settings on the screen. Uh, visual settings, and as a a colorblind individual, you pick the one that looks like it's solid gray. They're not solid gray. One has got like a a light blue and gray, one's got a green and gray, yellow and gray. But for, you know, if you have one of three types of colorblindness, one of these will look like a solid rectangle of gray. You pick the one that you want and tap go, And it then adjusts that for, in this case, for Protonopia, which is, I believe, green color blindness. Um, But it then adjusts the video image as you're using this so that you are better able to see the distinction in colors based on your particular condition. So it's really a neat, innovative feature. They've got three different settings here that you can do on that. Then this also has a, a couple other features where it will really sharpen the edges of, of images, which is good for finding objects, detecting objects, especially when you're looking you know at a distance holding this up, um, which is a neat feature as well so they've, they've done some cool things with this little product. It's certainly big you know compared to the little handhelds, but it's nice to have that big screen and still have something that you can tote around so really cool little product. Ruby 10. And then let me do one more video magnifier that we've gotten this year, if I can find it, okay. Very similar looking product. This is called Explorer 12. This is from Humanware. So same kind of flat screen, 12 inch panel. Has the exact same kind of setup where I can, when I turn this on, I can use it just by holding it up in front of print or over the top of print. I can kick out the kickstand. So it sets up like a monitor, if you want to call it that. It's not a monitor, but I'm saying it that way, just to describe the way it sits on the table. This has magnification buttons at the bottom on the left and right, plus a mode button in the middle, or I can use gestures on the screen to zoom in and out. Very nice product. It's got a little snapshot button on the top. This one does not do speech. Does not have OCR but has a really nice image quality. The other thing this does is this has pretty decent distance so let me show you this I'm gonna we can see it I'm gonna open my door which is going to make a loud creaking sound because it does in here hold on one second everyone in of the office complains but what I can do is there's, a, there's an icon in the upper left corner that has like two opposing arrows. If I tap that, it switches to a distance view. And now the screen is showing. I've got this turn. So it's looking out this door and it's looking down our hall here at the office. And I can zoom in. There's a digital clock down there. There it is. But I can read the time on. It says 337. That's about 40 feet, 50 feet oh. away. So now it's still pretty small there, but it's doing. We can definitely identify the palm tree that's down there in this frigid weather. Can only imagine it's worse there for sure. But you yeah, know that's some good distance that this will do. Very clear image. So that's something that's nice in this product. Um, let me close the door. And make noise again. This also has an optional stand. So what this is, the stand for this product is basically a a flat piece of metal that sits on the table. It's a little bit bigger than what a magazine would be maybe sitting on the table. It's got two arms that come out of the back that are come up at an angle and a little tray that'll hold the Explorer 12 up above the flat base below it. And if you put your document on that base, Oops, I'm still in distance mode, okay, whoops, that was the power button, it's holding this up above now, let me get it a little closer to the camera, holding this up above, giving me a lot more information, in fact, I can zoom to where I can see the whole width of the page. At this point, so it's kind of like the, the arm on the Ruby 10. I'm getting a lot of information here. The other really cool thing that I think about this setup is that I can, which is something we can't do with our other handheld magnifiers, or not many, is if I zoom this up, I can pan this live image. So I can move, use my finger on the screen to pan. I'm not moving the print below. And this is live. So as I, as I move my finger, I'm panning the live image below. I'm holding my hand below, and wiggling my fingers and seeing them come on and off the screen as I pan with my fingers. So I think that's a really cool feature for, for video magnification. And I get the entire width of the page by panning left and right. And there are uh, gestures for setting the front margin and jumping back to it so I don't have to pan all the way back to the left every time I go. There's Explore twelve with its stand, with or without the stand.
4: Just take that down.
10: all right we're good okay any questions so far about any of the software or otherwise sounds like no okay okay cool well the uh the the next couple products we we are always getting questions about so i'll i'll bring up our head headworn uh type devices and so we've got you know and I I know we've probably I don't know if you've all seen all of these before but I'm going to talk about a couple of the features of them um you know the OrCam (laughs) products are one uh that we have a lot of questions about and so there's 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 two styles of products so there's there's a product called OrCam MyEye and there's a product called OrCam Read. The MyEye is the one that's a camera it's about the size of let's say a lipstick and it connects up to your glasses. And so if you don't wear glasses, you wear glasses to use this product, but it's a uh, little, let me see if I can find it here. It's got a speaker that essentially sits back near your ear. The camera is front facing. So whichever way your basically glasses are facing, it's facing, but on the glasses, yeah, you know, this comes with a pair of glasses, but you also comes with these little. Basically, it's like zip lo, uh, like zip ties that hold a little magnet on the side of the stem, and you can attach just magnetically this little, basically lipstick size camera to the side of your temple there. And uh, let me power it on first here, and it does a number of things. I mean, one of the very important things that it does is read text aloud. So. I can initiate it reading a number of ways. One of the ways is just to have it set to automatically recognize things. So if I hold up a page, it'll recognize that I'm holding up a page and read it aloud. I can point at the page. I can point at text like a bulletin board or a PowerPoint presentation or Or count my eye. Version nine
4: is ready. Battery is 87% charged.
10: Or something of the sort. Um, Whoops. I just said Vince. It does face recognition, and it saw me in the Zoom window and told me that I am in the Zoom window. So that's interesting. Um, But if I just grab a page here and hold it up in in front of it, it should recognize that I've held up a page.
2: James Monterey, 35 Runner Road,
4: 89,001 Nevada. Subject, offer for the position of sales manager. Dear James, we were all very...
10: Very quick, right? I mean, how quick, there I go, Vince, again. How quickly it is that it, once it took the picture, how fast it starts reading. It's really fast getting from OCR to speech. Um, When I wanted it to stop reading, there's a touch bar on the side of this camera that I can tap to stop it. I can tap it to start a picture. You can swipe left and right. Swiping, I'm saying left and right, forward and back. If I swipe forward, oops. Can't read text. If I swipe forward, it increases the volume. volume maximum. If I swipe backwards, it decreases the volume. While I'm actually, while I'm actually speaking, while it's speaking to me, if I do those swipes, it can jump forward or backwards by a sentence. Do you all hear it say, Vince? Yeah. Can you hear that? Okay. I didn't know. It's kind of it's kind of quiet in my ear because the person who recorded me, I guess, was, hadn't spoken too loudly, but. You can turn that recognition threshold down so that once it's recognized an individual that you have saved, it doesn't tell you them again for five minutes or 10 minutes. Clearly it's set for a lot lower than that right now. Um, Yep. Uh, The other thing this does is, you know, currency recognition, the face recognition, it'll recognize people that um, you have it set to recognize people it knows that you've taught. It can recognize uh, people it doesn't know as well. So it can say, it looks like there's a man and a woman in front of you. Um, and you can have it do it all automatically, or you can have it do only when you ask it to do so by right? tapping it or pointing or snapping the picture, um, has some nice speech commands. I can say, Hey, or cam and have it change volume or change rate or, you know, start face recognition or a number of different features just with my voice. So I don't have to reach up and mess with it. Um, the one of the things that has become, you know, a little more important that we have with this is the current uh, barcode recognition. So, you know, that IDMate product is just a fantastic product that we've loved for years and years, but I guess it's not available anymore. And um, this will do some barcode recognition as well. So let me just, I'll just show you, but um, I've got some Mr. Clean erasers here. If I hold this barcode up, Mister Clean
4: Magic Eraser Original four Count,
10: it knows what it is, so that's good. If it does not, you can train it. So just like I can train it faces, I can train it barcodes. Very similar to the way we would do with you know ID Mate, where you just you speak what it is, and it, it recalls that and is able to read it back to you. So. Some neat features with this. There is a version of this available that only does the text. It doesn't do all the other features. So they've got really two versions like this. And then they also have, you know, basically a a version, a pen version, if you want to call it that, but it's a, a handheld model that only does text reading called OrCam read and, uh, It is a little bit bigger. It's the size of maybe one of those very thick Sharpie markers. Um, Maybe a small cigar, kind of that size. Uh, But it has a camera that's forward-facing that you hold with your hand and point forward. If you have your index finger... Or
2: cam, version 9 is ready. Battery is 85%
10: charged. If you have your index finger resting on the top of it, the, the front nearest the camera, there's a trigger button that makes it take a picture. There's a plus and minus, which are similar to the swipe forward and back on the My Eye, volume up and down, or while it's reading, it does reading navigation. And there's a power button you know, in the back. But it's really simple, easy to use product. You know, I just pointed at the same page, hit the trigger button,
8: we were all very excited to meet and get to know
10: you over the past few days. We have same trigger button stops it. Um, visually, when I hold the trigger button on this, it does have a little laser light that shows either a red mouse pointer that I can actually point to something if I can see it, or light level is too low, or I can press the volume buttons together and it brings a box up so it's a red rectangle that I can pull back or forward to kind of get an idea of what it can see once that red rectangle encompasses everything that I want read I can let go of the trigger button and it reads what's inside the rectangle. So really neat little handheld reading product this is something that we are also definitely using for our folks who may have you know, a reading disability, like dyslexia. Um, neat tool for that. We can kind of compare these. The, the one that someone has up on their temple that are using up that way um, might be using a lot more often moving, certainly hands-free, obviously, right? Um, some people feel like I don't want to manage that up there. I'd rather have something that I have in my pocket and I just pull out when I need text read, and that's really where the read comes in. Um, or for someone, like I said, who, who has you know, really good vision, potentially, or good enough vision, and just wants text reading, you know, I don't need all the features that are in the, the MyEye. So, two nice little products we've got there. Uh, they both are um, completely self-contained. So, the, we're not going up to the internet to get any information it's you don't require network access to use them. Um, you can connect them to, to Wi-Fi, uh, but the reasoning for that is just to install an update. So if you have it connected to your Wi-Fi and it's plugged into power, there's an update available. It knows it'll download it automatically and install it. Um, they do have Bluetooth. So if I want to use the speech into a, you know, compatible hearing aid, neck loop, uh, into uh, Bluetooth headphones, Bluetooth earbud, then I can pair it with those things and have you know less of that out outwardly environmental noise. Okay, and then one more similar like that kind of product is the Envision glasses, which I have here, and basically these are these are built on Envision or Envision Google Glass, and it's. Google Glasses, you know, typically a frame, glasses frame, but with the, you know, if you want to call it computer, you know, or the brains of the thing is all down the the right stem. So the right stem of these glasses that I just put on is much thicker. It's got all the controls in it. It's touch sensitive on the outward side. Has a camera again, front facing. Um, there is a little tiny heads up display. Um, at the top of it, that may or may not be able to see, but this does a lot of similar things. It'll do, um, you know, read text. It'll it'll read currency. Um, it's uh, uh, it will it will detect column. Whoops! It'll detect columns when it reads. So that's a nice nice feature. Um, you can uh, pair this. Or I shouldn't say you can. You do pair this with a phone. Uh, phones involved with this. and um, there's a couple features that require the phone. One of it is it's got a a, a feature called uh, Ally, Call an Ally. And so you can have a number of people set up uh, in the app on the phone for this product that that are your allies, if you will. And it basically works like like iRO does, where you know, if I'm wearing these glasses, I can tap it, call one of my allies, they can see what I see. I can hear them and talk to them on the headset back and forth. Um, but it's someone you know, and I'm not getting charged minutes to do it. So it's not something that expires. It's something I have unlimited access to, which is uh, which is a nice feature. The other thing this does is it reads handwriting. Let me see if I can show that. Okay, so I'm at this home screen. I'm going to swipe forward. This is, this is treated a lot more like our iPhone gestures. Swipe forward to move to the next item or essentially, if I want to call it, right there's read double tap to go into the reading menu scan text scan text is what i want double tap scan text double tap now it's beeping or clicking the faster the clicks the faster frequency of Means that more words are detected. Well, she wanted to say it. So if I just hold up regular text here, I've got that document I had before. It really takes off. Let me know I see a bunch of words. But I don't want to show you that because we know what that sounds like. I want to find, I have over here uh, some handwriting. So this is a birthday card with cursive on it. I can hold this up in front of these glasses. And you do a double tap to take off. Let's see what it says here. Reader, hey, hey, wishing you very happy birthday, love and Jane. Okay, so that's a really good one finger, sw- one finger sw- Stop it. Okay. So that did a really nice job. It read that just very well. The other thing this will do is uh, scene recognition. So um, this is kind of a boring room here, but there's kind of a storage setup where there's boxes on the shelves. Let me just get past read. Call. Call is where we call an ally. Identify. Identify, tap, tap. Describe scene. There's describe scene. Tap, tap. Describe scene. That's what we want. So let's see what it says about this boring room. A room with shelves and boxes. Yeah. Not a lot of fun, but that's what it is. So it, it's describe accurate. Detect light light detection. Cash. Colors. Colors is what we get everywhere. It depends on the lighting, you know. Identify, find. find feature that'll find, you know, particular objects. You can go into spore mode where it has a set of things that will recognize like a cup or a laptop or an animal or, you know, a dog or a chair or a door or a table. So those kind of things are all okay. within it. Um, I should say that when using this, you know, you start by having the app. And so there's an app that, you know, is similar to what seeing AI is, you um, it's called Envision, Envision AI. Um, it's, it's has a lot of similar features. It's different in that um, it'll work on Android or iOS. Um, it will save text. You can do batch scans. So I can scan multiple pages, like if I want to scan a chapter of a book at one time. Um, you can import into the app. Like if you take a picture of a, of a if someone sends you a picture of a, a menu, you can take that picture and import it into the app or a PDF file that's inaccessible on your device. You can import it into the app and it'll read it. Um, And then of course it has that ally capability, uh, which are are all kind of neat little features. The app is 20 bucks a month or 20 bucks a year, I should say. Um, Now the glasses are $3,500. And so if you get the glasses, they end up giving you the app for free, which is not a big deal compared to the price of the glasses. Um, but I should mention that we have access to um, free uh, licenses for the app. So if anyone has any interest in using that Envision AI app on their, their phone, um, just give me a call or shoot me an email and I can get you a code. If you download the app and put it on your phone, there'll be a place you can redeem the code that I give you and have a year's access to it. Um, Give it a try. It's a nice, nice little app for sure. Um, Obviously that doesn't include glasses, but it gives you, gives you access to the application for a year for trying, trying it out. Um, So that's that, those are they, and those are most of the products that I wanted to talk about. Um, We got a couple other things I wanted to mention, but I, I probably should ask first, do you guys have any other, any technology or nanopack related questions
9: okay this is carolyn vance you knew me as carolyn perez
10: yeah hi how are you
9: i'm doing fine awesome uh, i'm more i still do a lot of volunteer work with uh, people in kansas or in the Topeka area mainly uh, okay but um, there's a a person I know that's uh, looking to buy a computer, <clears throat> and I know that you, or at least you used to, you would put put together a whole package of computer and a and, a, <clears throat> and jaws, for example. Uh, <clears throat> now, do you still sell the computers as well, or or just the components that
10: <clears throat> she would need? No, we still do that. We'll still acquire computer you know and the and whatever peripherals and assistive technology software and otherwise that you need. Um, mm-hmm. or if you have an existing license, get you an upgrade or just install your existing license and get it all wired up for you and uh, well, send she, it off.
9: She has a license, but it's out of date, and so <clears throat> I guess she could update, write or upgrade. For license jaws yes for jaws
10: yeah you know for for private use yes yeah there's a couple there's a couple options for that we can we can discuss those with her for sure okay but yes there's there's a there's a don't have to buy completely brand new option no matter what yeah
9: okay um also my question in regards to her and others that may be interested um <clears throat> you you do you still come into people's homes to set this
2: up?
10: <clears throat> yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and we we can talk about that as to where they are and maybe what the fee is if there is and how that works. Sure.
9: Okay. Okay, that's that's what I needed to know. I uh, okay. hopefully hopefully she's on here. I don't know that she is I she hasn't spoke up if she is but uh, she I think she knew about the um, uh, this convention so okay I will get a hold of her and and then um, get give her your information
10: great good to hear from you
9: yeah good to see you again yeah bye-bye
10: bye Um, a couple, couple notes. Um, one is, uh, i mentioned earlier, Amy, Amy Wagner, who is our, our rep in, uh, around Prairie Village. She covers all of Kansas, um, and kind of Kansas city, Metro Missouri for us and all around that area. But she, um, and we have reps who cover obviously the other States that we cover, but, but, uh, Amy is available if anyone needs to see any of this stuff in person or um, has questions, certainly wants to buy, has old equipment, needs help, you know, whatever. She's there. Um, If you need that, uh, the best way to do it is to call here at the office. And and Laura, who answers our phone, also kind of manages all of those um, needs that we have for our reps. And so she makes sure that it gets to the right person, depending on where someone is. And make sure that they follow up and we do it in a timely manner. So um, certainly if, if that's needed, give us a buzz or shoot me an email and I'll, I'll provide some contact information, um, maybe in the chat and verbally when I'm, when I'm done. Um, the, other, the other thing I wanted to note is that we have uh, you know, our reps that are out in the field, we have a number of them. We have doctor's offices that we work with, uh, VA, vision clinics, um, evaluation centers where we, we have what we own, you know, demo equipment there, equipment that we place at these locations. And that equipment will um, be lightly used and it will be at some point either be obsolete or they're not interested anymore. And so we, we end up with a, an amount of equipment here, the working equipment that uh, is out of warranty, typically, um, that we let go on the really, really cheap or for free. And so um, we have things like handheld, the old handheld video magnifiers, uh, some of these kind of desktop video, video magnifiers on arms. Um, I think any of the Braille stuff that we have probably has some some problems with the the some of the Braille dots for sure. We have old or note takers, um, but the note I wanted to leave was that 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 stuff's here, and if if there's a need for it, either in for yourself, someone you know, you know, a group that needs it, you know, any anywhere we can help by because it helps us to get it out of the office. I think just from a space saving scenario, um, same thing. Give us a buzz or an email about those possibilities. Um, I don't know where, you know, we've, we've got a couple going out to some people who are on limited income and couldn't afford something else to just some centers where they wish they had something that was sitting out on the coffee table to, you know, things like that. Uh, Anywhere like that that comes up, just let us know and we'll be glad to see if we can accommodate OK. So having said that, let me leave contact info and it looks like I don't have a way to type it. So I will just tell it. Um, our our phone number is 918-665-0329, 918 665 Two, nine, and that's to get a hold of you know us for any of those things. So I want to see a product in my area. I'm interested in some of that demo equipment, maybe. I want one of those Envision AI application codes. So I want to try it out on my phone for a year. Um, you've got that, or you can email me. I'm Vince V I N C E at nanopack.com. Vince at nanopack.com, and nanopack is spelled N A N O. PAC.
2: Vince, we have a raised hand right now. Would you like to go on and recognize that?
1: Yes,
10: please. Okay, okay. Michael Byington go ahead uh, and talk.
1: Uh, hello there. I was just putting my notes back in front of me to take down a couple of things I want to make sure we get in our newsletter about your presentations here, but my. Uh, question or, or comment for you, Vince, was we have been at our office for some time uh, collecting uh, things that people aren't using anymore and uh, doing a little bit of work on it if we know how and then redistributing it. Particularly, we're not doing a lot of high tech stuff at all. We, for a while, we're trying to uh, in-house restore uh computers and some tech that goes with them and that really just got out of uh the wheelhouse of anyone who was capable of doing it at all didn't really want to do that anymore but uh we're doing a lot of cctvs and uh occasionally other handheld magnifiers and so on and i know of other sources that you know get equipment in like that use that they sometimes just need to get rid of but i didn't realize you all were doing that and uh So I guess I was wondering if there would be some way that some of us that are doing that could uh, develop some kind of a consortium where, you know, let's suppose there's a person who is really, really poor, but gosh, they need a new CCTV. Theirs is quit, or not a new one, but one to keep them being able to live independently. Uh, If if we don't have something that they could use and you might, or vice versa, would there be some way that some of us who are uh, collecting and redistributing used equipment for uh, cheap or nothing uh, would be able to share a database of what we've got in store? And, uh, you know, what, what we get quite often is uh, families will say, well, you know, grandma died a year ago, and we got this thing that she used to read with, and when they show up with it, they would only have the monitor to the CCTV or the they would only have the bottom part, the, the camera part. And so what I spend a lot of time doing is uh, playing, uh, check the plugs out, seeing what will fit with what and cobbling units together out of uh, uh, units that uh, are incomplete. And, you know, if I've got a a good camera, but just cannot find a monitor or an adapter that fits it and so on. Is there some way we could, uh, uh, join forces on some things like that to redistribute out equipment? And were you wanting to add to that, And you, you no, sorry. Yeah.
10: I, I, you know, however that we could come up with a way to do that, I'd be, be game for sure. Um, I'm I'm not sure. I, you know, I think that takes some thought how to accomplish something centralized. But um, but yes, I'm th- I'm very interested. So
1: I'm glad to know you guys are doing that. Thank you very much. Sure, absolutely. Thank you.
2: And uh, Ann Byington has her hand raised as well. So
3: just before the convention, I managed to jam up my Index Everest brailer with one piece of paper. The guy who used to work on it for me doesn't live in Topeka anymore. Do you have anybody in Topeka that could help me with this? I don't really want to send it to you,
10: but. No, I don't who could do that right away. And um, my next known visit that way is not until the beginning of April. Oh my goodness, that won't work. Okay, well,
3: I know there's a YouTube video on it because that's what my other guy used. So I'll yeah. do some checking and see if I can find somebody that can
10: do it. If you have a um, m- uh, reasonably, um, you know, not afraid, mechanically inclined uh, person, I can help. A lot, just on the phone.
3: Actually, I think I think Carolyn could probably do it. She may not want to though. So (laughs) we'll see what we can do though. Thank you.
10: Yeah, actually, in the uh, I say that in the uh, you said it's an Everest. Yeah. It's it's a bit it's easier in the Everest than it is in the the basic D. So we we can I can help with that. Okay. Remotely, but yeah, that's not a that's a that shouldn't be a big deal.
3: Okay, any other questions? Wow, Vince, uh, I don't use this stuff, but uh, (laughs) the thing that came to mind was when when Michael and I first got married uh, 42 years ago, um, we did a lot of walking because he had this pair of bioptically created driving glasses, which he would use to read with in the grocery stores and various places. And every once in a while, they would come with us. And I, can't, I hope he doesn't get these video magnifiers because we'll be walking blocks and blocks to go get them again. And, uh, but that was wonderful. That's very interesting. And thank you so much for your time. And uh, oh, yes, we have one other thing we need to do right now. Uh, Vince has offered us a door
10: prize, right door prize people? I, I, I second that. I, I was That was my last point, was I didn't know how we were going to accomplish that.
3: So. Well, I'm I'm not hearing from my door prize people.
1: Oh, we have a way. I'm, I'm getting it out right now. Oh, I see.
3: The door prize is a $50 gift card, and Alexa is going to choose a number eventually.
1: Of the people who actually paid registration out of those who are listening <laughs> across the world here. Alexa. Generate a random number between 1 and 42.
2: Here's a number between 1 and 42. It's 7.
1: The number is 7, Mr. Treasurer. Who is number 7, please? Nope, there he is.
10: He's trying, but he's muted. Oh. No, don't. You're unmuted now, Bob. It's Anne Byington Hey. Oh <laughs>
3: That's not fair, is it? I think we should draw somebody
1: else. Sounds very fair to me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, I think we should draw somebody else.
1: All right. If you think so. Alexa, generate another number between 1 and 42.
2: Here's a number between 1 and 42.
10: It's 6. Well, small-minded small device. Not oh, a word. <laughs> Wes Brummer. Okay, Brummer. That's, okay.
3: He's won money from you before.
10: Who, who was it? I didn't hear. I was babbling. Wes Brummer. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it again. We really, really appreciate getting to come and talk to y'all. All righty. Take care. Y'all too. Bye. Bye bye.
3: All right, Michael. You are up. We're going to finish early tonight, too. Michael.
1: I'm getting my notes out. Okay. I used to be able to give these kind of reports without any notes, but, uh, you know, the the gray matter ages a little bit, and uh, I, uh, I'm going to be doing more reading on this report. I have to be perfectly honest, as a person who has, once I moved back from uh, Wichita and got settled again, kind of accepted the legislative chair that uh, with the pandemic and all of the changes going on, I've got some catching up to do. Uh, So Don't don't expect, uh, the first thing I would say is don't expect a whole lot to be resolved this year because quite frankly, the uh, legislature is so embroiled in COVID-related stuff and uh, fires like that to put out that legislation that you're not hearing about in the news, uh, which includes most of what we work on, isn't moving very fast and hasn't moving, moved very fast for the last couple of sessions because of uh, what is going on. Uh, the Changes that have occurred down in the Capitol have occurred not only because of the pandemic, but also just changes in technology. Uh, The pandemic is causing more people to do more things remotely. Uh, I don't believe there's even a document room where you can simply go get the legislation you want in existence anymore because it's really not needed the way they're doing things now. But now that I have retired from my school caseload, uh, it is my commitment during this session to catch up on all that and to be more competent in leading this committee to work on things like this. We haven't been absolutely non-functional for the last few years, but there's been several things that have certainly slowed us down. And we do have several things in uh, the hopper, I'm not sure that I expect any of them to totally get resolved this year, but please continue to realize KABVI is recognized, does work on advocacy issues to try to make life better for us. We are still contacted about things that need to happen and we are still doing uh, a lot of work in the advocacy and legislative. Uh, second. We just need to try to move forward on all these other issues and the first thing I want to talk about is an effort that actually started the year before the pandemic. And that was the revisions of the Kansas White Cane Law. And we discussed that earlier, Kathy Dawson brought it up during our discussions with the KSDS folks about uh, the access laws for uh, guide and service dogs. And I explained that that uh, there are some changes in the works on that. And I know Kathy wasn't very happy with the answers that I gave at that time because there are changes that she feels need to happen. And I just have to rather, uh, however, I might agree that it it's, it's unfortunate, uh, again, emphasize that we're not going to get everything we want. Uh, part of the reason for that is the issues in dog access these days are governed largely by what has happened in ADA history and are governed at a national level. And uh, if you want to change those laws, talk to your nationally elected senator or representative. But given the ones we have here in Kansas, Ratsarak, I don't think they're going to be very interested in these issues um, there is absolutely a prohibition against having an ID to prove that your service dog is legitimate there is absolutely a prohibition in the uh, the implementation regulations for the ADA in requiring uh, that your service or guide dog Be trained by a school having some kind of certification to do so. Self-trained dogs or trainer-trained dogs are permissible. That has come down from the Department of Justice, and that's going to be there. So, given the fact that we can't address those two issues, and yes, they are issues, there are tremendous issues and controversies going on right now with regard to Fake service dogs, fake guide dogs. People who are uh, on the internet a lot will note that on Facebook every day you see advertisements that says, "Take your pet anywhere. We can provide you the certifications to do that." Mm-hmm. And that's terrible because it is uh, getting misbehaved and unsocially trained dogs into areas where they do not need to be, they're not providing service, and that makes life harder for guide dog users who have well-trained guide dogs from uh, accredited programs. It makes it harder for people who have service dogs that are well-trained from accredited programs. I also said to Kathy earlier something which is an absolute fact, and that is, we do have some people who are current or are recent members of this organization who have used self-trained guide and service dogs and having had an opportunity to observe some of those dogs working, ours have been the good guys. They're the ones who really do have dogs that are socially trained and do well in the uh, public situations. But yes, there are a lot of problems and a lot of certification issues uh, that have been requested And the last revisions to our Kansas White Cane Law were largely written uh, by myself with a committee that uh, worked on major revisions back in uh, the 2000, 2002 era. So those changes are now about 20 years out of date. And uh, there's a lot of things that have happened in that last 20 years. Uh, There have even been some questions raised, including a judge from the bench in western Kansas, uh, about whether uh, the Kansas law violates the uh, provisions of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And we have uh, gotten a ruling that it does not, but the legislature definitely has voiced the view that clarification is needed, because what the law currently says is, no, we're not going to say that an id must be required because we can't do that legally but we're going to say that if an id is re, have, is present if a person chooses to carry and show one and can get one it resolves the problem and the dog is absolutely permitted in whatever form of public accommodation that in and of itself has been clouded by who then is eligible to issue that ID. While those issues have been repeatedly raised by people calling our office over the last uh, many years, uh, those issues also were raised with the legislature in a big, big way by the uh, landlord associations and some of the uh, real estate associations in Kansas who we're requesting that the body of law concerning guide and service dogs be opened up and revised uh, because of uh, issues about uh, access for emotional support dogs and uh, guide dogs uh, and service dogs in rental and sale housing. And uh, some issues related to uh, access uh, with, uh, uh, various types of, of newer housing situations that have cropped up like uh, bed and breakfast, etc that really were not the factor back in 2001 when we were working on this that they are now. Because of that, in uh, 2018 and 2019, before the pandemic, the uh, Judiciary Committee of the Kansas House, uh, heard from the landlords in the real estate industry and they requested a bill, which the uh, reviser of statutes, that's the people who take what us lobbyists and uh, uh, wordsmiths try to write and turn it into what they think needs to be exactly in Kansas law. The, the, the reviser of statutes did quite frankly, such a poor job of understanding that entire issue and doing what the landlords and the uh, real estate industry wanted to a point that even the landlords and the real estate industry opposed their own law when it got before the committees and uh, began to be considered because the the reviser of statutes simply hadn't quite understood the issue well enough to write the changes that were necessary. And the more the uh, judiciary got into this, the more they realized how complex of an issue this has become. So they organized a a legislative interim study committee, and legislative interim study committees are an interesting hybrid. Mostly they are peopled by elected representatives, but they can appoint as voting members of the committee certain experts in certain uh, subject areas. And I was pleased to represent KABVI on that committee officially in that capacity, but Ann Byington and Marilyn Lind also attended several of the meetings with me and were allowed to uh, speak before the committee. And the things that were resolved by that committee were first of all, that service dogs have been around long enough and that have been established that really the idea of trying to break out guide dogs from service dogs in the way that the current law does and the way that KABVI has always wanted it done uh, really isn't practical anymore. But we wanted more standards specifically that better defined what a guide or service dog was. And uh, needless to say, all of the, the things Kathy raised this morning about uh, IDs and about the, uh, only using certified schools and so on came up and we all had to explain why that would not fly or pass federal muster. It simply is not a purview that the state has to do all that. So two laws ended up being, well, two proposed laws, two bills ended up being written by the committee. One relating specifically to access for service and guide dogs and uh, the provisions to do what can be done about the fake service or guide dog, stepping up the ability to prosecute someone who is uh, using some of these fly by night outfits. And uh, even the way that that law is written, it's not as, law, as strong as many of us would like. But as I said, that's been an issue where we have some federal restrictions. And I think that what's done would improve things if it passes with so many provisions that would be written to apply to guide dogs and then written just only very slightly differently to apply to service dogs uh, being out of the current statutes, the way they were uh, written this proposal. One of the things that um, I demanded and was able to get the committee to agree to was the fact that there are certain things in the Kansas white cane law that were in there before it also became the dog access law that have to do with blind folks that absolutely needs to stay there. And so all of the legislation about uh, yielding to a user of a white cane, uh, all the traffic yielding provisions will stay and all of the provisions about acknowledging white cane law nationally and having a Kansas white cane day that parallels that will also remain in place if this legislation passes. The other law that is being proposed uh, relates to uh, the uh, rental and housing industry and the provisions which need to be very different for emotional support animals because they are pets that provide a therapeutic service, but they do not need the level of public access that, a working dog, like a guide dog or a service dog that fetches items, opens doors, uh, a seizure alert dog, uh, those types of of animals need as guide or service dogs. And I think that the committee did overall a good job. Nobody got everything they wanted, but I think that we had two viable pieces of legislation. Uh, Those legislations did not move anywhere in the last two years because, as I said, the legislature was... uh, Kind of on limited function and will be, it looks like again, this legislative session. So I don't know how much is going to happen, but that's where we are with that. And I cannot tell you yet uh, because the session is just starting and they've already got a COVID epidemic in the legislature where the news today was that they may have to shut down if because uh, over 20% of the legislators are out for some reason. Which uh, one party says is definitely COVID, and the other party says it's none of your business why they're out, but they're not here. So uh, I I don't understand all of that, but our goal will be to uh, hopefully see that be reintroduced, and it doesn't need to be reintroduced by our request. It will come in through the interim study report to be reintroduced as legislation that was not handled in the past, but we'll be watching the progress with that legislation and do what we can to try to update the Kansas White Cane law as it really needs to be. And even though I was really possessive when I waited the meeting, the, to the meeting because I drafted a lot of the statutes that are in the law right now, I have to acknowledge that yes, it needs to be revised and the, the revisions are probably in order. We then had a new issue come up And I'd like to tell you that we are going to introduce legislation on it this issue because it is one that I did mention briefly last year. I'm still not sure that we're far enough along that that's going to happen, but we are having uh, discussions with the Commissioner of Insurance's office about it. It's something that affected our Vice President, Paul Burscheidt, and was also raised by another person whom I'm not sure is a current member, but a blind person locally who came to us for advocacy assistance. And that is in Kansas, if you do not have a driver's license or cannot get one, uh, and you wish to own a vehicle or own vehicles, uh, the Kansas insurance laws say that you basically to be insured in Kansas must be able to designate a primary or designated driver for that vehicle. Now, uh, Paul Berscheidt, I think, ended up dealing with that by uh, designating one of his uh, offspring to do that when his wife Trella died and they didn't have a driver in the family anymore. Um, I think before he uh, got that done, he may have uh, titled all of his vehicles to somebody else simply because the insurance department wouldn't let him uh, insure them unless he did do that. Uh, The gentleman that uh, contacted us in Topeka had a similar but slightly different uh, situation. He's uh, a gentleman in his forties or fifties who is still a working uh, mechanic and has a mechanic shop. He's almost totally blind, but he's very good uh, car repairman essentially and he owns a bunch of cars, including some antique cars that he has restored. And uh, when he's working on somebody's car, if they get into it, their car is uh, not functional, but he's working on their car and they find out that he needs some kind of a part that they need to go get. Why he usually has simply whoever's there with him, drive one of his cars with him to get the part. So he doesn't really have anyone that's close enough to him that he wishes to choose to select a designated uh, driver to be on the insurance, who is a licensed driver. And until we can figure out what what function the commissioner of insurance uh, isn't going to oppose with the Kansas legislature uh, to do that, and I have talked with several insurance professionals as has Ann, uh, we don't really have we're not quite ready to put any solution into a proposed law yet because anything we have suggested so far, the commissioner of insurance has absolutely said that they will oppose. Now the insurance commissioner has actually been a friend of KABVI. She used to be a state Senator. Her name is Vicki Schmidt and she was very helpful with uh, voting and election laws during the time that uh, she was, chairing that committee. She and I worked very closely together on some things back 15, 20 years ago. Uh, she has been rather hands-off, however, about wanting to try and tackle these kind of issues. And so far, all of our conversations have been with uh, some of her hired staff. We haven't been able to quite get through all the flappers, as the writer of Oliver's Gulliver, uh, Travels used to call them, uh, before you get to the person who really has the power. But we are still working on that issue and uh, we're not going to let it drop. Uh, we will find a solution. I simply can't tell you what it is yet. The third issue that I want to talk about where we have been very active this year has been on voting rights and your president and Byington, I guess past president. Now I keep forgetting that she dumped that in my lap, but, uh, Your past president, Ann Byington, I've got to take a pause here and say that uh, two people who are two of my long, long established mentors and wonderful people, they're both in their 90s now and are still living and are still members of the organization, Walt and Genevieve Schreiner. Walt had, I believe, two different stints as president of Kansas Association of Blind Visually Impaired. And when he and his wife talk about those times, they will say, well, back when we were president, because uh, Walt says he couldn't have done it without Jen, and that it was really a co-presidency, one of the Dakotas, and I don't remember which one, actually had a co-presidency for a while. We haven't gone that far, but I do try to help Ann out in her capacities, and she will continue to be helping me as I try to take over the home and give her a break, but now with the voting, uh, she was interviewed by an Associated Press reporter, and she and a lady from uh, Illinois, and a lady, I think the third one was from somewhere in the south, isn't that right, Ann? Yes. Uh, was uh, Were interviewed for an article that got national uh, distribution and wa- was in USA Today about the problems that people have who wish to vote by mail, but don't wish to have uh, a a trusted third party know exactly how they voted. Uh, Kansas statutes suggest, or at least imply, that voting is supposed to be a private affair if you choose to make it one. Uh, That became a major thrust of the Help America Vote Act that we worked on back after the uh, Bush-Gore fiasco election. And uh, the Secretary of State of Kansas at that time, Ron Thornburg was very helpful to KABVI in helping implement the blindness part of that statute. We worked very closely with him and he even then saw to it that KABVI got an award from the National Council of Secretaries of State for the work that we had done that area, that, uh, in that area, proudly hangs in KABVI's office. But the issue of uh, the, the work that we did was on making voting accessible at the polls. And although there have been times that uh, a, a local election worker hasn't known how to operate the equipment and hasn't let somebody who was blind vote privately and independently as they were supposed to, and that there are little problems here and there that then fires that we've had to put out over the years. Generally, Kansas is one of the best states in the country, still, even having to survive the Secretariat uh state administration of the of Chris Kobach, who didn't seem to be sure he wanted anyone to vote. Uh, and by the way, those are all nonpartisan statements because Ron Thornburg and Chris. Kobach are both from the same political party. Uh, So we work with everybody. But uh, the issues have continued to be really good in Kansas in terms of access to voting at the polls. But we are not doing a very good job with remote voting. And uh, there is a group called Democracy Live. They're one of several, but they have come up with a solution that at least for any blind person who wants to vote privately and owns any kind of a uh, device like a smartphone or computer uh, ought to be able to do so uh, privately and independently and securely. It's a very secure system. Uh, We have been encouraging the Secretary of State's office to work more diligently with Democracy Live! and some of the other uh, personnel uh, that are doing this sort of thing. As it turns out, Brian Kasky, who is our Director of Elections under the Secretary of State, just happened to be the college roommate of one of the guys now who works for Democracy Live. And more than any advocacy that Ann or myself or other advocates that we work with have have done, the fact that uh, uh, Brian Kasky and uh, Brian with uh, Democracy Live, know each other has really helped move at least the negotiations forward where Kansas is at least carefully looking at their system now. Now they have assured us that they don't think they're gonna have anything in place by the 2022 election, but they're certainly hoping uh, for the local elections after that and uh, 2024 to have vote by, uh, a fully accessible vote by mail uh, available in Kansas. And we just recently had a, a conference call uh, which Ann and I were on for KABBI. Uh, NFB of Kansas is, by the way, pretty much completely on the same page with us, and uh, Bill, uh, oh, not Bill, I'm sorry, Tom uh, Page, page uh, their president, was uh, on the call as well, uh, along with a whole bevy of people from the Secretary of State's office, most of whom we weren't told ahead of time would be there. Uh, And my reading from that call was that uh, yes, there's enough interest in this and enough folks who work for the secretary of state that think we need to do it, that it's probably going to happen. But there also are a couple of assistant secretaries of state, particularly one in charge of IT who dreads the whole thing and is trying to get them to drag their feet as much as possible. As to whether we should introduce legislation to do that, we had a discussion at that as a part of the call. And the Secretary of State's office said, well, we don't know if we can support what you want to introduce, but if you want to introduce it, we will be happy to uh, critique the legislation and we and the folks from NFB both agreed that generally when that happens, the state office involved, whether it's the Commissioner of Insurance or the Secretary of State or whoever, comes in like gangbusters and there actually is developed more of a, uh, a feeling against the changes that we need in the legislature because of uh, the fact that all of these uh, appointed and elected government officials are coming in so vividly opposed. And so we both agreed that we really don't want to introduce legislation to fix this issue of the fact that if you vote by mail, you have to tell somebody else how you vote, and you're probably gonna have to have help to fill out the forms even to get to vote by mail. we decided not to write our own legislation with our own solutions, but rather continue to work with the secretaries of state, uh, the secretary of state's office on the solution. It will take some legislative changes, but we think it's much better to have them go in supporting those changes because most of what the secretary of state's office supports, uh, with the legislature being generally of the same party in majority as the secretary of state in this state they get and uh, a lot of times it's easier to work from uh, behind the scenes if you will or in the administrative levels than to have a big knockdown, dragout drag out fight in front of the Kansas legislature and uh, I'm very pleased to say that uh, both uh, KABVI and NFB are on that page and I wish we would have both figured that out on some other issues back before we uh, back during the time we kept putting Uh, opposing bills on things up in front of the Kansas legislature that didn't get us anywhere as far as saving services for the blind and stuff like that was concerned. So uh, I'm not going to say that we get along with uh, the folks over at NFB on everything, but on these issues, we're solid. And uh, those are the three issues so far that we're working on the most. Uh, I think you gave me up to 30 minutes, and I think I've used about that but since we were ahead of time, if there are questions, why uh, I'll try to answer them and those what we've been doing as well. And uh, uh, certainly uh, some of the other people who are still on have helped us with some of it. So uh, Madam uh, President, uh, at least for the, till the end of the convention, that concludes my comments. Are there any questions?
8: I'm wondering if there could be If there could be an alternative to um, the laws that would say that, you know, that self-trained dogs are fine as long as they meet, you know, some particular standards that I don't know if those standards could be agreed upon or not, Um, you know, such as, you know, that they do well in public situations and things like that.
1: The Department of Justice at the federal level, Julie, has uh, put out numerous uh, volumes of guidance trying to uh, promulgate, if you will, just exactly such standards. And in fact, if a person comes in with a dog that they don't have any identification for, or even if they do for that matter, since the ID isn't really a factor that can legally be requested anyway, Uh, if the dog is misbehaving, a dog uh, going into a grocery store, pulling food off the shelves, or going into a restaurant and being fed at the table, examples like that, uh, according to the guidance provided by the Department of Justice, the restaurant is justified in asking that person to remove the dog. The problem that we have had, and this is a contact where Ann and I, at least, have handled many, many calls of, of these lines. A business will call and say, well, what, what can we do about this? And we explain and even read parts of the Department of Justice guidance to them. And they say, well, I don't know. It sounds like a controversial area. I'm afraid of, uh, about the the negative impact that that might make with the press and so on. So I think we'll just let it go. And we really have trouble getting uh, businesses willing under the circumstances of it just being Department of Justice standards or guidance uh, and not definitive in the law. Uh, We've had trouble getting businesses to stand on the rights that they have. So I don't think I have an answer to your suggestion, but that's the efforts that have been made federally at least, to address it and that we have tried to support every way we can.
8: And in lieu of showing ID, could the fact that uh, that a dog is a service dog uh, be put on the tags on, for their license?
1: Uh, actually, what a lot of the fake service dog people are doing is selling harnesses or vests that will say service dog or certified service dog uh, on them. And I actually do know some people with legitimate service dogs that uh, actually do perform seizure alert or some things like that, but who didn't know how to get the dog uh, otherwise certified who have ordered best from those uh, uh, companies. So, not everybody who is ordering from the fly by night companies has necessarily got a fly by night dog. That's, that's part of the problem with this whole thing yeah we we tried to- adge- address that back in two thousand through two thousand and two in the writing of the current statutes by saying if the person does have a legitimately trained dog and they do have an identification and they show that identification if there's any question, that question resolves it immediately yeah. uh, yes and, and we were trying to address that very thing with uh Uh, businesses being afraid to pursue uh, dogs that were misbehaving and being passed off as service dogs. Uh, I don't know if Marilyn Lynn's on right now, but she's worked with us a lot on this because she's very avid that uh, she has seen uh, misbehaving service dogs and she wants them out of there and keeps telling the restaurants what they can do or, or the businesses and they just haven't been willing to do it.
3: Yeah. When, uh, when I, um, when we propose that the the businesses ask for an ID, let's see. I can't remember how I'm trying to say this. The the per the ADA says that the person using a service dog is not required to show an identification card, and that the uh, business owner or the person disputing the right of that dog, cannot ask what the person's disability is. Now, one way around that would be for the business person to say, what tasks does your dog do or perform to mitigate your disability? In other words, it takes the onus off of the person and puts it on the dog. And they won't do it most of the time. They will, you know, they, they don't want the bad press. They don't want the, um, you know, negativity that comes with this. And the, the problem, too, is that if um, you're training a dog and you legitimately has, have trained a dog to help a person with a disability, there's no way that business owner is going to know the difference between that dog and somebody's pet with a cape on that says they're a service dog unless the dog performs a task whether it's you know retrieve retrieve something or uh, open a door or
1: whatever and even that becomes difficult with some categories of dogs because uh Seizure alert now legitimately includes the areas of PTSD and there are dogs being trained for veterans that are uh, trained to assist in a situation of a veteran having PTSD. Uh, there are seizure alert dogs. Uh, we do have a uh, member who is legally blind, but she also has some, uh issues of the brain. Uh, They've got a number of diagnoses on them, but she can have uh, issues that are much, uh, would now be legally defined as like seizure type situations uh, because of her conditions other than blindness. And she does not, uh, she sees well enough that she has no need to use a guide dog, but she does use uh, small chihuahuas that uh, a small chihuahua that she carries on her chest in a backpack uh, because it prevents her from going into uh, some of the types of of seizures that her uh, condition of of the brain uh, causes her to have. And we have been with her enough places to know that her dogs are very well-trained and uh, do not cause any problem in public. I know Kathy Dawson has somebody who uses a seizure alert dog in her apartment complex. I don't know how uh, that person had their dog trained. But that dog is performing a function, but it's what's called a mitigating function. Their function is to keep, is not only to alert for a seizure sometimes, but also to keep the seizure from happening. And it's very hard for uh, a person who is using a dog for those type of purposes to have the, uh, the, the restaurant owner or whoever say, well, show me what this dog does for you. Right. <laughs> you don't want to have the seizure or whatever that the dog is preventing or uh, will only alert if it's about to happen. Uh, You know, just to show that the dog actually has a purpose. But that purpose is nonetheless very important to the individual's independence. And
3: there are also issues that
1: didn't develop when guide dogs, which were the first type of service dogs out in the field, uh, started doing their work. But they are legitimate. And we have enough multiply disabled blind members that generally we have tried to be sensitive to not ruin access for people with guide dogs but not purposefully mess up access for some of these other categories.
3: They're also training guide dogs now to be diabetic alert dogs. And we are rapidly running out of time. Surprise, surprise. So um, so we don't keep the hosts and and ACB folks any longer than they're signed up to be with us. I think we're going to have to end this discussion, but thank you, Michael. You, as usual, did a really good job of summing up the legislative situation um we will be together again at 9 a.m and i've got to find something to fill some of that time and i'll do a better job tomorrow than i did today of reading it so thank you very much i'm going to thank the hosts again allison and cecily and rick and anthony and uh, donna uh thank you very much
1: for your uh-huh. help You keep forgetting Monica. She did a great job. Monica,
3: I'm sorry. Yeah, Monica
4: too. And we will see you all at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Thank you.